Blog Talk Radio. to believe that you can be betrayed by your government. Meaning that 
you can because sometimes you're taught in America, not all the time, even though the Constitution is a document full of untrust. <laughs> and what I mean by that is basically the Constitution was written for, in my personal opinion, for Americans not to trust the government, to always trust check the government so much so that they say you have a right to form militias. I mean, I mean, it's really, I mean, I'm just saying it is that, and this to me, that's why you have seen over the years uh, a thing to disarm people and stuff like that. Because I think that government likes that has we, has we've gone more and more into the years of, of this thing called America we have more people coming into government that want control of the people. And America is really, that that Constitution is really a document of distrust. <laughs> it's telling you never trust the government, <laughs> right? And so I think that we have come to a time that we are not realizing that. I feel like we're being betrayed by our own politicians, you know, our own um we're we're so busy in America that we we have we don't have the time to vote people out and we don't have the time to look at people clearly and see when they're they might be right they may not be one to trust. They may be in the pocket of other uh countries or big corporations and stuff like that. And I think America is just at a point where it is not very discerning. So, um yeah, I just think we're, you know, we're uh we're in strange times, okay? Um okay, I want to talk about AMC theaters. <laughs> I just read something the other today about it says AMC theaters is rolling at rolls out ticket pricing based on seat location. I was like, "Yeah, AMC, way to go. This is how people are going to come back to the movie theater out of their the comfort of their home." Uh, watching these high-ass streaming service and come to see you and your high-ass movies and high-ass popcorn. Yeah, that's exactly what they're going to do with you charging higher prices for, t- <laughs> for seats, okay? But it says AMC Theaters, is, this is according to TheHeal.com, it says AMC Theaters is rolling out a new ticket pricing policy that will charge customers different rates to see the same movie based on seat location. The new initiative, the company said, will allow moviegoers to have, moviegoers to have multiple options to meet their viewing preferences and breaks down ticketing options into three categories, standard sightline, value sightline, preferred sightline. Standard sightline, the most common in the auditorium, will be available for the traditional cost of a ticket, while value sightline seats will be sold in the front row of the auditorium, as well as select American and Disabilities Act accessible seats in each auditorium at a discounted rate. Preferred sightline seats will be available for, for the purchase in the middle section of the auditorium at a higher price, in which the company says will be an added benefit to AMC's most loyal moviegoers. The differing ticket pricing options will begin with movies starting at 4 p.m., the company said. It has already been implemented in a select number of markets. <laughs> uh, they're dumb. <laughs> I mean, it, you're in the middle of inflation. You you built those huge theaters back years ago, and you're still paying for them because you overbuilt. And now you've had COVID come through and everything, and you don't know what the fuck to do. 
you guys are so lost. I can see them crumbling. Really, AMC has had problems over the years. And here, it, you know, where it used to be the cream of the crop of movie theaters, eh, not so much anymore. Like, you know, there are so much more cheaper theaters out here. Nobody has to come, and f- people still love the movie-going experience. But you got to get more creative in how that goes, how you get people back to the theaters. Now, people say after COVID, people don't want to come back to the theaters. Here's what I think. I don't think that's true. People always like people. Maybe it'll be slow. I mean, I went to the movies. The, I went to the movies all during COVID. Yes, I did. When it was in the height of COVID, I was in the movie. Me and like th- maybe four other people. <laughs> I never stopped, uh, except for when they closed the movie down. Okay, but for the most part, I mean, people like the experiences of going and being with others in the movie theater. It's just a it's just something people like, and I don't care how many streaming services they have, how much they do. I think it's just a humanity thing. Humans like other humans. Maybe one day the movie theater will be obsolete. I doubt it, though. But here I think is the problem is movies are, are just sucking. The creative process in Hollywood just sucks right now. It's not a lot of great movies, right? But I do believe that these theaters can come up with some more creative ideas besides raising up movie prices. That's not a way to get people back in, especially for something that has been struggling like AMC. Just don't, okay? (laughs) Oh, Lord. I don't know. What is going on in the world, okay? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, let's see what else I wanted to talk y'all about. Did y'all see that video? I saw a video the other day of a little girl. She's 16 years old. Her mama bought her. Um, her mom had bought her. Let me see the article up. Her mom had bought her a Tesla, right? Y'all know Teslas is her at high, okay? And this is from Legit. Uh, .ng, but it says a woman attempting attempt at giving her daughter an unforgettable birthday present ended on a sad note, thanks to the celebrant. It said the woman brought the 16-year-old girl a Tesla, but saw a car, but saw the whip gift rejected by her daughter, who wanted something else. While turning down a gift without saying any form of appreciation, she walked out on her mother in anger. Now, her mother was there, not also saying this, her mother also gave her $1,600. And she was complaining and going, is you, this is what you're really going to give me for my birthday, my 16th, and my something else, she said. And the mother was like, what? What? And she's just like, you know, going out to my, you can keep your gifts, you can keep Child, y'all better be glad, Lord have mercy, okay? Y'all better be glad. Lord knows, I'm telling you, listen, that little heifer. Let me tell you, she would have promptly, she would have promptly, she would have had that, I said, you know what, you're going to take that little $1,600 and go discover the world, okay? (laughs) Because you about to get put out of here. Especially when she told her mama she didn't want the Tesla. I didn't want no. T- I I didn't told you I didn't want a Tesla. Where's the Mercedes Venus? <gasps> Child, I the only reason I said on my on, on the on the page I would have gave her thirty days to get out. And the only reason I said I would have gave her thirty days to get out is because you know some states y'all can't kick y'all children out right away. 
you know, a lot of people don't know that, or you have, or you have to kick them out by like their 18th birthday or something like that or something. So I have give me time to know the law, but I put her little ass out there on them streets. Them the kind of kids that should scare you. Like a lot of parents don't get kids. A lot of people, parents today, are not triggered by that kind of behavior. That kind of behavior is scary. Those are the type of kids I see on the ID channels killing their parents. Really, seriously. No, 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 no. That is the kind of behavior. That's why I would put a kid out. I would put a kid out because she has other little children. She had another little child there. And first of all, I don't want you to be an influence on my other child. And secondly, I don't know what you're going to do. You erratic, you ungrateful. And if you tell me this kind of energy, I don't know what, little heifer, I can't trust your little ass. Okay? So it was, it was. It was crazy to see. It went viral. It was everywhere. But I thought about some of y'all parents, and I was like, y'all are off the chain. Really? Seriously? No, I had a little, I had a relative, I ain't going to say no name. But I had, <laughs> I had a relative in my family, right, okay? And, honey, a little off the chain. She was off, she was being off the chain, okay? And listen, they were trying to send her to me. I said, you don't want them, you don't want that smoke. I explained to her. I said, you, this, if you come here, I said, I, I, I ain't your mama. I ain't your daddy. I will knock you out like a chick in the street. I ain't playing no games with you. <laughs> right? I ain't got to act like your mama and your daddy. <laughs> I don't play with nobody's kids. I ain't letting nobody tell me kids to play with me. Be disrespectful. Your parents might not know how to parent, but I sure the fuck do, okay? And I ain't even no parent, <laughs> right? So sometimes you got to check, check, okay, uh, they were going to, I'm like, listen, here, let me let you know if you come and deal with me, what it's about. If you try to get cute, I will, I will drag your ass. There is no, it is what it is, okay? <laughs> no. And, you know, I grew up with a granny that me. My grandparents was like, both of my grandparents, they they didn't play no games. And when I was, <laughs> I hate to tell the story about my own family, you know. I will tell this story cause my, cause, uh, because I only saw this happen one time in my life. Because my granny, she's kind of little, she's kind of, you know, she's medium height or whatever. And so my mother's tall. Like, my mother's a tall. I don't even probably hate me telling the story. But I was young. I was a little girl, maybe about four or five. My mother and Garibald got to argue one time at a holiday. A holiday. My mother said the wrong thing. Started walking out the house. She was yapping. She, next thing I knew, <laughs> let's just say that little woman <laughs> wasn't no joke. And so I was like, damn. <laughs> I do, I do, I, I, the lesson was for me at five years like, shit, you know what? My grandma ain't nothing to be fucked with. <laughs> and she always let you know, you, you don't want that part, you don't want that smoke. <laughs> so, so even though she be so demure and nice and, and in front of people and everything like that, but listen, she nothing to be messed with. So that's the kind of, you know, you know, kids kids should have, a, a, to me, in my personal opinion, a decent amount of fear of their children, just a decent amount of fear of their parents. 
not a fear of like just completely nervous, like abusive, but you should have a fear like of not disrespecting your parents, not being disrespectful, not not coming off a certain way. You know what I'm saying? Because these kids, a lot of these kids nowadays don't have that. Like, you know, they don't have that kind of energy, you know, and stuff like that. And they not, you know, they not scared. They, you know, they're just not scared of nothing. It's crazy. Like, you know, so it's like, you know, any mom, you know, it's it's just, it's you have to have some, uh, uh, I mean, if they don't have, if somebody is being, showing you that level of ungratefulness, and I'm just talking to some of you parents out there today because some of y'all are raising kids who got a level of ungratefulness. Like, I, I, hear, I hear my friends' stories all the time, even with their grown children. Like, I had a friend who told me a story. Her grown-ass daughter was saying some shit to her. I was like, girl. <laughs> and she was like, she, but, and the thing was, the grown-ass child was living with her, and I was like, shit, you should be handling that. You be your little ass be out in the street. And it, it's just, and you see it so much nowadays, like, so so much, like so much disrespect. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God, that is just—I I, I, just—it's unbelievable. <laughs> and so that kind of behavior is crazy to me. So parents, be careful when you see that kind of behavior in your children because you might be scared to, like, you know what I'm saying? Like to give, you know, to let you to—you might be scared about what may happen to that child if they get out there in the streets and everything like that. But if they acting like that towards you, be scared of the other children that you have. You know, what kind of influence will they have on them and all that kind of stuff, you know, everything. So you always, you got to, you know, you got to be careful. You have to protect yourself and your other children, okay? You can't have no nuts up there living with you, okay? So I thought that was an interesting story. Child, I told my own story that. <laughs> But it was true. It's a true story. It was funny. That didn't happen ever again. <laughs> but um, also what I want to talk to you about. Okay, so I hadn't talked about uh, Tyree Nichols, uh, the situation with Tyree Nichols and the black police officers be- beating Tyree uh, to death. And let me just say this, okay? First of all, it was a hideous thing that happened. But that's not a surprise to me. When I was a when I was a young girl, I remember watching like stuff in you know South Africa going on and everything. I remember Winnie uh, Winnie Mandela talking about how they often use the black officers to be you know beat a lot of the people in South Africa, and that often used to happen. That's a tale of slavery. In slavery, they were often used the other slaves to whoop slaves or sharecroppers, other poor whites or something like that. Put them in tr- that, that division. Creating those divisions and things like that has often happened throughout history, okay, uh, um, uh, where people will use uh, b- uh, other black people to uh, to be their arm of, 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 I'm trying to think the right word to use, their arm of abuse and uh, 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 treating people bad, and that is not new, okay? It is not new. And I remember I, I, I hear a lot of people, especially on Fox, because I listen to all the channels. I, I hate CNN and, and MSNBC more than Fox, but Fox I hate a lot because they sometimes get race wrong, and a lot of times 
they're like, well, these were black people. How was it racist? And when white people say that kind of stuff, I always laugh. They want to make you emotional. No offense, not all white people, because some white people get it. But a lot of white people try, there's a lot of white people who try to act like, well, what's race got to do with it when it was five black officers or something like that? And I'm like, you exact, you know, you're gaslighting right now because you know the history of America. Don't act silly. <laughs> right, right. So uh, a lot of times that's gaslighting when they try to say, well, ask those questions and try to get you emotional. But the truth is, that's a that's a history thing, and I believe that Scorpion unit because it was formed uh, from what I hear allegedly it was formed to deal with drugs and all kind of stuff going on on the street level. Now notice they ain't having too many of them things. Are y'all got are y'all y'all got y'all forming these things to deal with these cartels? That's what I'm gonna ask y'all because y'all know they ain't scared of shit. But but that's what I'm. But y'all y'all quick to come after these black. There's a lot of black people in these neighborhoods and stuff like that. And you want to get the criminal element out. But a lot of times they said this unit, particular unit, was formed for that. And the first thing when I heard that, so I grew up in it. So I know the first thing I thought to myself was these black officers. Uh, they probably some of the worst of the worst. And some of the things you hearing now, some people's records allegedly are coming out, and has some some of them have had backgrounds that's not been too good. But they, I tell you that people, the higher ups knew that, and they know exactly what they're doing. They'll say stuff like, "Well, we thought they could police better in the black community. We thought this may be better, but they're a harder they're they're a harder type of crime unit. So they use black males." who were black officers, and I bet later on we find out they have had some certain type of background to do stuff that the white officers, they deemed the white officers couldn't do, but the black officers could get away with. You see what I'm saying? They could still be abusive through the system of white supremacy. Yes, it's the system of white supremacy. And white people in America, quit acting like white supremacy don't exist no more. Y'all crazy. Y'all know it does. Quit gaslighting. White, through the system of white supremacy, you will use other off-black people. That's just like in jobs. Sometimes they'll do that, stuff like that to get at other That's crazy. And sometimes I don't think other whites recognize that psychological, some people don't, that psychological thing that they have that's passed down. Okay, so um, they've grown up seeing and that sometimes that's the idea of like race like a lot of times racism most people in America don't know they're racist because they've lived in this type of system all their life so to them uh us, me me being on top is normal <laughs> it's not normal when you when I'm not on top it's not normal when I got to compete I don't know what the world is like to to compete. <laughs> so you you have to examine. Racism is not just calling people names. That's prejudice or saying bad things about people. Racism is a construct, a system. Okay, so it's not it's not uh, 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 just as simple as it's white people doing something to black people. Racism is a system that is constructed to to uh, to uh, bring another group down, okay? And racism in America is a, a construct that we haven't fully broken down in America. We're not even close to it, okay? So just because we broke down some systems that no longer were able to be used in racism, people created other systems to mask that problem, okay? 
and to mask a problem with race. And now they can come along and gaslight you and say, well, what do you mean? I don't know what you mean. What do you mean race is a problem? Well, maybe it's just, your, like, you know, you people aren't applying yourself. All kinds of stuff, just gaslighting, okay? So, um, and we know that we see it all the time, you know. So, uh, but I am not surprised that these black officers, will get used. I remember having a kid one time, and I tell this story, I often tell this story. Um, I don't think I've told this story on here. I'm not sure if I have. I may have, but I tell the story. My grandfather is like, you know, back when he was young, you know, he's a big, burly, tough guy. And he's, now he's, you know, he's more, you know, he's older now. He's a little bit firm. But when, when I was younger, he was big and burly and stuff. And so... <laughs> Some people have broken into our house, and I remember my grandfather knowing it was going to happen, how he was like, he was driving around the corner, and he, he saw these particular people, he was like, he, he's like, I'm going to come back early. <laughs> and I was glad that he he got distracted with us, and he didn't, because my grandfather was like, you know, gangster, gangster, okay? So, so when we got back, we realized that the house had been, you know, broken into and everything, but my grandfather knew who it was. So immediately, you know, back in those days, my grandfather was loading his gun. I said, oh, no. I'm like to my grandma, oh, no. You can't let him go out. You know, so, but you can't stop my my grandfather. He's just like, he, back in them days, okay? So he, so, so, so what set him off is because I had a piggy bank. Like I used to keep this big, huge Mickey Mouse piggy bank. And they stole my money out of my piggy bank. At that point, he was just living. So he was like, he he starts going down to the particular neighbor people's houses that he saw that he knew had broke in. He, we hadn't even called the police yet. Kicks in the door to the garage. Their garage is fives a lot of the stuff, right? Their teenagers, teenage sons are done. So my grandfather goes and threatens the key, you know, the, the dudes. He's like nineteen, twenty. He says. My shit better be back here in an hour. I'm coming. I'm coming at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was in the 70s, okay? So I'm like, oh, my God, in the early, like, early 80s. So I'm like, oh, my God. And you, we know that my grandfather, my grand, people people were scared of my grandfather, okay? So so, so he, the, they send police officers out. My grandmother calls the police. The police come out to take a report. They were broken in. And there was this black police officer, and I will never forget it. He was the most rudest one. The white officer wasn't rude, you know. And so, like, my 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 grandfather was explaining what happened, you know, or saying, you know, what went on. And the black officer was like, well, you know, you should call the police if somebody, you hear somebody breaking in or whatever. He was just being mean. I don't know. It was crazy. It was like we was the criminals. It was, it was nuts. But you could tell he was probably a little unhinged officer. But at the, also, my grandfather's unhinged. <laughs> So at that time, at those times, right? So and I remember seeing this go back and forth, and I remember the white officer. So my so when the with the black officer, he's telling the black officer to calm down. The white officer is because the white officer is like just trying to go. Black officer is trying to go off. It's crazy. It was crazy because we were like, "You black, you supposed to be in right?" But the black officer was acting like we was. It was it was nuts. It was weird. It was just a weird vibe or whatever. He was just being kind of extra. Uh, rude, and the white officer told my grandfather, said, "Sir, I remember he said, if somebody is, you know, if he, if somebody comes back through here, here's, let me give you a tip. If you, and this was back in the days, the laws have probably changed and everything now. But he was saying, if some, if he, if they, if you, if you have to shoot them, just drag them in the house, <laughs> right, right. And uh, you know, 
the black officer was nip. It was just ridiculous. It was stupid. So I remember when they left, and I remember my first lesson about race and my grandfather. My grandfather said they use a black officer to treat you the worst. And here that white man told me what to do, you know, or whatever about certain things. But that black officer, may, there may have been a lot of reason for that. But he was absolutely rude. So it's not it, that was not surprising for me to see those type of things. So you saw those type of things sometimes in the neighborhoods often a lot. They put the hardest, sometimes black cops, in black neighborhoods who sometimes didn't like their own people. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that wasn't, that's nothing new, and it's no different with these scorpion units. And a lot of times I believe people in the higher-ups know those people like that are going to be a certain way, okay? Now with that said, it was horrible what happened to him and everything, but I'm also hearing about these tweets, okay, that Tyree Nichols was tweeting allegedly. Listen, nobody deserves what happened to me. I heard, and a lot of times this was like the Stefan case. I forget that guy, Stefan Marbury, whatever, tweeting a lot of horrible things, I think, uh, uh, allegedly about black women he had been tweeting. And uh, uh, talking about something about the reason he don't talk to dark-skinned bitches, allegedly, and all this stuff. And... Uh, uh, and um, call, what else? It was something else he allegedly tweeted. Uh, also about his baby, glad his baby being so white. Or it, it was just a lot of bad tweets. And if he, this young man tweeted this, here's what I'll say: Black women, I agree. This, I heard Paris Milan give a really interesting. I like her commentary sometimes. I don't always agree with everything, but I, I do like what she how she talks to women about empowering themselves. Please do not go out here. If these tweets turn out to be so, don't be joining no marches. Don't be joining no, yes, we want his family to have justice. Let's pray for justice. But don't join no marches and stuff like this where you can put yourself or your family in danger for someone who did not like you. The only reason you, you want justice is because you don't want this to happen to another black person. But for these black men that don't be caring about black women, be saying horrible things, and it's, it's amazing because if he did all this, if he said all this stuff on the street, in the end he was calling for his black mama. Ain't that something? Ain't that something? In the end, in the end, and in the end it would be black women out there who's marching to get a law passed for your ass. Ain't that some shit? That's some wild shit. So this is, it's got all kind of racial dynamics in it, okay? And now they're finding out some people are thinking, that it, maybe it wasn't just a racial incident. I believe race is always, most of the time, involved because race is rooted deep in our minds, even how this unit might have been um, been constructed, okay, because it may have been constructed to look at a certain, over a certain community. And other people in the community allegedly have been complaining about this unit and their behavior, particularly these officers. Okay, so, um, but... There is more evidence coming out. People, a lot of people are saying they might have known each other. Some, there's rumors that the, one of the officers sent the picture to five people of him beat up. Okay, so why would you send a picture if you didn't know him? It's almost like it was planned or something. So I think we'll hear more about this case, maybe what went on later on in it. But it does not surprise me. It, and I don't think it surprised any black person in America, especially black Americans, 
Oh, it does not surprise us at all to see other uh, that it would be another black officer doing some shit like this, okay? Because if you grew up in the hoods and stuff, you saw that shit, a lot of shit, sometimes all the time, okay? Where black officers would be, they put these certain types of, that's why officers should be, in my personal opinion, always have psychiatric evaluations after so many years, finding out what they like, what they dislike, stuff like that, because, you know, you want to, because it's such an unstable job. You know, that's a, it's an unstable career. I, I'm a person who, listen, I believe police officers should be paid. Well, I think they should be getting, like, big salaries. Because the reason why I say that is because it's such a dangerous job, what they do. I always say, but I also think with that comes great responsibilities, okay? It's hard to ask them to do all this shit when you ain't giving them hardly no money. But to me, police officers... 200, I mean, I would say 200 and above, right, you know, with some officers, starting at 100 and some thousand, really with regular officers. I really believe that because it's such a hard job. But with that, with great benefits and that great pay, I think it should become, become great responsibility, meaning that you can get convicted if you if you, you kill somebody and you, you and you abuse your power, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. Uh, but I also believe they should have psychiatric evaluations because it, it, it's you have you need to be a stable person to be working these type of this type of that type of job. And if you don't have that, then you know, um, you know, working with people who need help, mental things on the job. Because a lot of these people, listen, if race affects us every day, imagine people, uh, cops who are put in certain neighborhoods like in black neighborhoods, and all on the news all day long, you see black suspects, you see black people looking like the work. Even in even in some black people's mind, those images from media and everything are reinforced even in our minds as black people about ourselves, let alone other people about us, right? So, uh, so when these people come into these neighborhoods, sometimes they're, they're – they, their perception of a people causes them not to police well. And so people need to have evaluations to see who has that, who has that instability, and there needs to be more diversity teachings and everything in in, uh, policing, I mean real straight-up diversity, to try to deal with perception and how you police. Because a lot of people in America don't think they're prejudiced. They really don't believe that. Now, I think a lot of people be gaslighting too. But I also believe there are some people who, because certain things have always been normal, they think, hey, this is this is just life. This is how life is, right? And these are how these people are, right? And so they don't have an understanding of race and the dynamics of race in America and how perceptions and media and everything influences your ideas of people and perceptions, okay? Just it's, Facts, all right. So yeah, that's what I have to say about that. Uh, that y'all asked me about. Uh, also, lawmakers, I did see this. Lawmakers proposing letting Massachusetts prisoners donate organs for reduced sentencing. This is according to CBSNews.com. Says a new bill proposed on Beacon Hill would allow Massachusetts prisoners to donate their organs for reduced sentence. The legislation would give people anywhere from 60 days to a year off. 
their prison sentence on the condition that the incarcerated individual has donated marrow or organs, okay? The act to establish the Massachusetts Incarcerated Individual Bone and Marrow Organ Donation is sponsored by uh, Democratic Rep. Judith Garcia or Chelsea Carlos of Springfield. They say it would restore bodily autonomy to incarcerated folks and expand the pool of donors, especially for people of color who struggle to find a match. Now, look at them trying to detach race to that. But critics strongly disagree and say it might even be illegal. It's like you're harvesting organs. It just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel humane. Project Turnaround founder Romilda Piero told the Boston Globe, you're bargaining with vulnerable people over their time. Um, there are certainly ways we can engage our free communities in educating them about the option of organ and moral donation. I Listen, I think this is a tricky road. I think it's bad. I don't like the idea of it. Now, if prisoners themselves just come forward, I don't think you should give them anything like free time. If they want to say, hey, you know, something happens to me or, you know, I want to give, I want to donate an organ or something like that, okay. But get, that is very, that's a lot of vulnerability trying to um, say to people who are incarcerated, hey, if you donate your kidney, we get 60 days out. I mean, that shit sounds, it doesn't sound illegal, and it sounds immoral a little bit, too. I mean, they, I mean if they do, you might can't. Here's what I am for, going to the prisoner, prisoners and talking to them about donating or talking to them about that, and if they want to do that at the goodness of their fucking heart, then they can, but it shouldn't be no time off. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm just. But that is sticky. And listen, I'm going to tell you why the donor. It's like my grandparents <laughs> I can, you know, I got raised by older people, so it's always I can always get some shit. You know, when I used to hear them talking and stuff with their friends and stuff. And one of the reasons a lot of people used to didn't want to be on the donor list. This was like in the seventies, okay, in the eighties. I used to hear people talking like this. They'd be like, "Girl, if you sitting up on that table, and I, uh, and, and you and, and you know you don't put your name down for the donor, <laughs> you don't put your name down." to donate an organ and the president upstairs needing a kidney, who you think, what you think they going to do? <laughs> black people be having some, black people be, black people was thinking this shit years ago, okay? So a lot of people don't like to donate organs because they scared them of, you know, they already be, you know, kidnapping people and shit allegedly for duh, organs and shit. So people, is, people be scared. People be like, if I put down her, people want to, you know, if something was to happen to them or something, people would like to say, you know, I like to donate. People like to donate an organ. But most people scare that shit because they don't know, they don't trust the system. <laughs> That's why y'all can't get no organs donated. <laughs> most people think if somebody big was needing an organ and they had, and they would have put they aside their donor card and you were nobody, you would have your donor card, you might not just, you might not resuscitate them. Then you say to some of them, the doctors are saying, oh, my God, we're, we're sworn to an oath to take care of y'all. No, no, no. <laughs> some of y'all can break the oath, too. So I'll just tell y'all what a lot of people think. So a lot of people are just scared. That's the problem with organ donation. People don't trust government systems and stuff like that. It's sad, but it's true, okay? But very interesting uh, story, all right? Uh, also, um, I think I heard about that. We talk about 
talked about Anna Delvey. I think I did. Oh, uh, Minnesota. Yeah, I think I talked about that already, okay? Okay. So let me get into some of the stuff I didn't Oh, astrology. Okay. Peep, okay, I don't know if I got to read this on the, on the last one, but people who are into astrology are more likely to be narcissistic study found. I think I did talk about this on the last show, or the show before last. And you know how that you know I don't the study wasn't done very well and stuff like that so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about that one again. All right, let me go. Okay, this is what I want to talk about. Whitney Houston Hotel. Did I talk about this? Did they opened up a Whitney Houston? They're supposed to be opening up, or they have opened up a Whitney Houston Hotel. I saw a, a, a person on Twitter say that Pat Houston needs to be put in jail. <laughs> Pat, they don't like you out here with these with these things the state of Whitney Houston is doing, okay? But it says, Whitney Houston Hotel to be launched by Singers Estate, Primary Wave, and Sony during Grammy Week. Okay, it was just during, it's to be, okay. It says, the state of Whitney Houston and Primary Wave will continue to honor the singer with a Grammy Week-long event to celebrate Houston's 60th birthday career and life with the Whitney Houston Hotel. Presented by Sony with additional sponsors, MAC, Cosmetics, Profiles, and City National Bay. Taking place at the W Hotel in Hollywood, this week's events will include Sony's 360 Reality Audio Immersive Listening Lounge, a memorabilia exhibit featuring photos of Houston, as well as several iconic grounds worn through her legendary career, a pop-up shop with exclusive merch, electronics, and more, Two days of live music will feature performances from a variety of artists that will include a melody of their hits uh, uh, as well as their favorite Whitney song. The lineup includes Grammy winner Michelle Williams of Destiny's Child, actress and Grammy-nominated singer Amber Riley, uh, Warner Brothers artist uh, Baby Tate, I think they already did this, Def Jam, Coco Jones, artist-songwriter Georgia Koo, Republic Records artist, Kiana Lee, Capital Rescue's latest thing in, Nally Jane and others. Okay, let me just say this, okay? Hollywood is sometimes y'all just don't be like why can't it just be Whitney Houston week? Like, 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 why I gotta be Whitney Houston Hotel? It's because I know what people's mind is like. What? Like y'all disrespecting Whitney. Because Whitney died in a hotel. Okay, and so it sounds like why are you naming like it's like the it feels like it feels like you referencing the death, even though you probably don't mean to look like that. But it's and you they already think y'all full of rituals and shit, which I'm about to get into about the Grammys, because I some people have been breaking it down. I knew they was gonna start breaking the ritualistic shit down. I had to look at Sam's performance again because it was a lot of shit I missed. Oh my God! I didn't see him covering up the doing the six thing, the I six thing. Y'all, y'all funny. I'm gonna talk about that in a minute though. But yeah, this sounds this sounds crazy. And you know, it's a lot of people be out here dissect this shit. Okay, y'all, wow, that sounds crazy. The Whitney Houston Hotel. Like y'all could have just had a Whitney with Houston. We get the Grammys. I don't know. Just mine. This is just kind of just kind of sound crazy. That's all. It just sound like a little strange. Okay. I just thought that was wow. Okay. Oh boy, everybody's kind of like, oh, oh, oh. All right. Uh, what else do I want to talk to you about? Um. Wow. So 
much about the Grammys. Speaking of the Grammys, um, well, no, before I get to, into the Grammys, uh, Judge denies Kevin Hunter. Uh, uh, judge, uh, this is according to uh, Sun dot com. Shut down Wendy Williams judge. Uh, uh, Wendy Williams judge denies ex Kevin Hunter demand for a host to continue alimony payments after he admits he's broke. Okay. Now, my personal opinion is that, you know, what I'm hearing the word on the street is that Wendy is not doing well, like in terms of whatever's going on with her drinking. I don't know, drugging. I don't know, I don't know what's going on allegedly. I don't know what's happening. Okay. But apparently they got people got control of her money. What I call it is the vultures swooping down on the estate. Okay, before we and Wendy, something happened to Wendy. They just they swooping in there. I don't know what the hell's going on, but I'm just telling you, I wasn't here. Pray for Wendy. But it says, according to court documents exclusively obtained by the U.S. Sun, the judge claimed Wendy's financial guardian will not have to resume cutting his alim- uh, cutting his alimony checks. Okay. Uh, the judge found that Kevin's request was not emergent and ordered his application to be dismissed without prejudice. The judge also denied Kevin's request for attorney fees to be paid by Wendy. Kevin's fight for Wendy's payment is uh, not completely over. The judge said that while they don't consider his demand for alimony payments an emergency, he can still take his case to mediation. The parties are to participate in binding arbitration, the judge says. Okay, the issues surrounding the severance payment of the QR, the Qualified Domestic Relations Order, are disputed and therefore need to be mediated. Okay, so listen. This is in his filing. Kevin told the court that his livelihood depends on the payments, which were, which were agreed to in their metal marital settlement agreement. I have fallen behind on most of my bills. I currently live in a community that requires payments to the homeowners association, and I'm behind on that bill. If the homeowners association fees are not paid, foreclosure will soon follow, Kevin said in his pleading to the court about the home he shares with his baby mama and their love child. My car insurance hasn't been paid as a result of not receiving monthly severance payments, okay? Now, if that's a deal that they made for during the pack, I'm wondering why. See, that's what I'm talking about. When something is happening to a person and these 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 guardians, the financial guardians who you don't know, I mean, I'm always skeptical of shit like that, okay? Or right, not her family, some sort of financial guardian that has swooped down on this estate, you know, and is supposed to be paying Wendy, I just... It seems weird. And she already made that whatever deal with Kevin. So it's like, how can you cut that deal off? It's weird. I don't know. But it says, I'm behind on my, uh, it says, my life has been greatly affected since the plaintiff stopped making payments under our settlement agreement. On top of the merit of pressing financial matters, Kevin claimed he was facing, he also alleged he doesn't have health insurance, okay? Listen, <clears throat> this is what I'm going to say, okay, about Kevin. Kevin, it looks like you're going to have to give a job, Okay. Now, here's the thing. Kevin Kevin had it going on, okay, until, until we, the public, because it looked like Wendy, in my personal opinion, already knew, okay, uh, about him and his mistress and just didn't want child. We found out that was an embarrassment, in my opinion, okay. But, Kevin, you fucked up, okay, buying another house for your mistress and all that shit allegedly that you did. You fucked up your own bag, okay. Your bag in life was you could have been still having a mistress. You still ain't you don't think he married the girl yet. You still could have probably the mistress if you just had kept that shit silent <clears throat> and not been so messy. And you still could have had the bag on this talk show. It's sad. 
sad tale. It's a sad ending. I thought Wendy, I had just heard Wendy a few weeks ago at an interview, and she sounded completely normal, like Wendy Williams. I, no, it was not the ones on the radio. She was sounding crazy. No, this was like I saw her a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago at a radio interview, maybe a couple, maybe a month or half ago or something like that. Sounding like old oh, Wendy. Wendy, I thought, oh my gosh, she's on her way back. And now they're saying this again. And really, you know what it is? <clears throat> I just really believe it's, you know, some women, cancers, y'all know how, are, how y'all are. Not all cancers, but a lot of cancers. Family is everything, okay? <clears throat> Have deep connections. Usually run very deep, okay? And it can take a long time for them to recover from family domestic issues, um, specifically bad marriages gone awry. And with Wendy, she was so dependent on Kevin for so many things. And what I think is <clears throat> he held the party together. Whatever was going on or whatever was going on with her all these years, he was holding the shit together. And when he left, the party started cracking. And really, here's the deal, women, and this is for every woman out there in relationship, whatever you in. If you ain't holding you together, ain't nobody going to hold you together like you and God. God first and you. This under, you know. Spouses, I don't think, you know, that shit can happen. But ain't nobody going to hold you together like you and God. If you ain't holding yourself together, unless you're sick or something, you know, then God provides people that come through and may help you or care for you and stuff like that. But it still ain't nobody going to keep you together. And it's sad because this is her lesson to me is to bounce back. It's for her lesson is, Take control of your life. Where she, wherever she got Kevin in there for, and she was ignoring, and she wasn't doing now, it's for her to do. And I feel like she's breaking down under the weight. It's like I, I don't know how to handle myself. And listen, if you don't know how to handle yourself, that's why he was mistreating you because you don't care about yourself. Why the fuck should he? Okay. So, <clears throat> excuse me, y'all. Remember, always put yourself. You know. Put yourself a healthy first, not a selfish put first, but a healthy first, okay? Like, always remember, if you ain't taking care of you, ain't nobody going to take care of nothing else. Don't leave everything to somebody. I mean, some things, you know, spouses and stuff do and they take care of, you know, they might, but look every now and then. See what's going on every blue moon or something like that. But don't expect nobody to do for you what you can't do for yourself. Man, what the hell? Shit. And that's what I think the lesson of Wendy Williams is, okay? Um, let's see what else. LeBron James tonight broke the record. Didn't he broke uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's, I mean, uh, you know, all-time scoring record? Now, I was noticing none of y'all was caring about it. Nobody was caring. You know, the NBA allegedly has been tanking in the ratings, right? They say they tank every time the Warriors do bad, Okay. So listen, I mean, they've been saying that NBA is tanking, and it's been tanking for years, right? And it really gets worse when there's, 
you know, <clears throat> not that they're not winning, okay? So LeBron did it tonight, but beforehand there was a, a this last couple of days a push by the media, sports media, because I watch sports media all the time. So there's been a push by sports media and everybody to get you to care. You know, and I laughed about it because the truth is, <clears throat> and this is my personal opinion, okay, at the NBA, the reason why the NBA ratings are bad, you know, and it's like it gets obvious every year. Like you can already see with the NBA shuffle with Kyrie Irving coming to the Mavericks and all this. You can just see the NBA. To me, the NBA shuffle, like when the NBA did the shuffle of, of what's his name, what's the dude from the Clippers, uh, Coming, uh, going from San Antonio. I forget Kawhi Leonard. I, I totally thought that was a setup. I remember when he went to the to 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 the. Um, this is just Carlotta's personal one on one conspiracy theory. But when Kawhi Leonard went to um, went uh, from San Antonio in the in the middle of the year to uh, to um, Canada to play Toronto to play, I remember saying. He, they're going to win the they're going to win the NBA finals. Why? Because they need Toronto they need to win one. Otherwise people will be get dis people will get dis you know, disengaged. You know, I'm a person that believes listen, I'm the person believe that that believes that all sports t- games can't be left to chance. No, I believe that shit. I know I'm a sissy. They like you like Carolina but you're a big sports fan. I am even yeah, but I I don't be, I believe some games are free from interference, but for the most part I do believe there's some rigged games. Now I don't think the players and people know they're rigged because you can rig games a number of ways now where players don't have to know. I mean, I was watching a thing the other day for football on one of these channels, and they were talking about how they put chips in, in some of the footballs and stuff so they can know so they can know the, the number or the bounce, they can measure something. And I was like, well, if you can put chips in for that kind of stuff, you can probably control the ball. I wonder what they're doing in the, in the, in the NBA. I mean, I just, you know, I'm, I'm a conspiracy theorist like that, okay? And so to me, when you have elements of betting and you have elements, of, which is huge, and you have elements of markets, like, you know what I'm saying? I, I totally, I knew he was going to leave afterwards. I already knew the script. I said, he, they're going to win. He's going to leave afterwards. Because here's the thing, just sometimes getting people to the finals keeps the audience in the stands, okay? I know, I used to be, a, you know, I remember years ago, I used to go out to the street. I used to go to uh, football games all the time. I mean, big to big big sports fan. I used to go to chief games all the time and everything like that. Plus, you know, I was having a little thing. And, you know, I liked to play <laughs> back in my day, right? So, like, I would go to these games all the time and stuff like that. And listen, we be at the more the, the bigger the Chiefs went closer to the Super Bowl they went. Shit, that had the more people would spend money and go to the games. Okay. That's just how I went. <laughs> so I, I know that they do that same shit now. So to me, you know, when I see the NBA shuffle and all that stuff, I I just be like, okay, they shuffling around uh, so they they can get these markets excited, okay, to to get to games. Now tonight was no different. Here's the thing: the NBA has had a hard time because you know, in, unlike the NFL, the NBA is more built on. 
individuals, you know, individual success. Jordan had came along and radically changed the game, okay? And it has been hard, hard for the NBA to get rid of the Jordan ghost. NBA, I feel your struggle. I mean, Michael Jordan, you look at it, he's still number one in shoes. Everything. I mean, it's hard. The Jordan brand still reigns. I always laugh and say they need to take that picture off of West. What is it, West, the guy uh, in the NBA? I forgot the old player, uh, West guy, uh, off uh, uh, the NBA's uh, emblem and just put Jordan on there because he's the ghost that they can – that they can't get rid of. I mean, he was so huge and so great. Everybody, every sport measures themselves by the Michael Jordan thing, okay? Jordan is the guy. He He's the measuring stick for greatness, okay? And the NBA has tried so hard. They tried with Kobe, and then, you know, that situation happened with the, you know, not the, 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 the accident, but the, you know, before the rape situation, and so they couldn't. Their sponsors backed up, okay? Now, everybody knows, in my personal opinion, Kobe Bryant was a much better player than, than LeBron. I like LeBron, but, you know, I just just my opinion, okay? Now, and so LeBron, they've been trying it. Oh, my God, they tried and tried. They sent LeBron to the Lakers. You know I mean, they, they've tried everything. And they still can't get rid of the Jordan Ghost. Even trying, and the problem with the NBA is they came close with Steph Curry. I, I've talked about Steph Curry to getting rid of the Jordan Ghost because kids and everything love Steph Curry. They relate to him and everything, all that stuff. But either Steph don't want it because he's still dealing with Under Armour and all that stuff, and the NBA don't want it. I don't know. And they, they to me, the, the NBA has a blind loyalty to the idea of LeBron, and that's caused them to tank in their ratings. They don't know how to. They didn't know how to. They didn't know how to feel feel the room that. LeBron wasn't a guy, and I always laugh about it and say, uh, adults like LeBron, but when you talk to the younger generation, they really like Steph Curry and stuff like that. So, and he's cross, you know, he's cross cultural promotion. So, um, I always say that this blind loyalty to LeBron cost them a tank in the ratings and a bad space jam. <laughs> even though they have nothing to do with Space Jam. But it is a promotion of the NBA, right? So, uh, you know, congratulations to LeBron for breaking the record, but I still believe that this was a lot of hype to get people to watch. They, they're they giving you things. Like, they're trying to get, instead of, listen, I, I believe, I know marketing is important. Every artist or every entertainment thing or stuff like that, it should, you know, has to have an element of marketing. But we're seeing a different kind of marketing today. It's a marketing where they are seducing you and telling you what to like. It's crazy. Like, I see, okay. Like, tonight, like, okay, like I saw this particular artist, right, singer. I'm not going to say no names because I don't want her nobody feeling the same bitch. But I ain't saying it. All I'm saying is they, they hyping her, hyping her everywhere. Nothing but blue checks is hyping her ass. She's a singer, okay? They hyping her. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Because I ain't seeing number of stars. It ain't. But now, when you see they post her on like a a a, a blog or something, people be like industry plan, industry plan. People be gonna say, and it's nothing wrong with being an industry plan. But it's like, don't tell me who to like. But that's because she's already had her 
feet in the industry in other places, right? No offense, it's not doesn't mean that you shouldn't like her. I'm just saying, but when I heard the music, I was like, this shit ain't no different than nothing else I heard. It sounded like Janae Aiko, because all her little kids sound like Janae Aiko to that. Janae Aiko and a little bit of Mary J. Blige. It's still the same song. Nigga will come on and fuck you and we'll fuck you to deal with this. And I'm like, what the fuck? This is nothing different. What are y'all acting like? Y'all acting like we just getting Lauren Hill on the scene. Is there something I ain't heard yet? Is there something I'm missing? <laughs> but it's like they're trying to tell you. They're trying to seduce you into who they're like. It's crazy. Now celebrity, and when I saw a bunch of blue checks, a bunch of celebrities come on, I said, oh, shit. I had to start looking. I said, because when, when you see celebrity, then you got to start looking. Yeah. And when you see celebrity and you it, it ain't shit, you're like, wait a minute, is she special? And then you hear it and you say, like, oh, wait a minute, huh? Because you think in the way they judging her, it's like Lauren Hill. But then when you look it up and you hear the song, you're like, oh, this ain't shit different. But then I said, what? Is, it's got to be something to this. Then I found out. Oh, she had her foot in other things in the industry. So that's how these all these celebrities are on her, so they gassing her ass the fuck up. Okay, I get it. But I'm just, I just I just was kind of shocked. <laughs> and it's like them seducing you on who to like. It's crazy. <laughs> right, we just getting a whole different crazy vibe, okay? So I don't know. It's just wild. I just thought that was interesting too, with this whole LeBron thing too. All right, so I'll talk about that in a minute. But it says FBI charges neo-Nazi leader in plot to attack Baltimore power grid. Did y'all hear about this? All right. It says the U.S. Department has, this is according to MSN.com, uh, it says the U.S. Department has charged a neo-Nazi leader and his associate with plotting to attack Baltimore's power grid, a plan the FBI thwarted with the help of confident, with a confidential informant. Brandon Russell of Orlando, Florida, and Sarah Clendaniel from Maryland were arrested last week, uh, officials said in a briefing on Monday that they have been charged with conspiring to damage a energy facility. Russell is a con- convicted felon and founder of a neo-Nazi group called the Atomon, Atom, Atom Waffen Division that works toward ushering in the collapse of civilization, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center, a civil rights organization that tracks U.S. hate groups. Okay? says, Russell previously was sentenced to five years in prison after pleading guilty to possession of an unregistered destruction device and the improper shortage of explosive materials. At the time of his arrest, he was still on supervised release, according to the FBI. The FBI on Monday alleged a plot. He was supervised. Yeah, motherfuckers weren't doing a good job of supervising. <laughs> okay, it says the FBI on Monday alleged the plot was racially motivated but did not provide details because, you know, Maryland is it's a lot of black people. It says about 62% of Baltimore City residents are black, according to the U.S. Census data. Okay, so are we imagining racism right now? No. Okay, it says, and they need to be looking in other cities because, if, listen, if these two nuts was probably getting ready to attack, there's probably other nuts they with. Okay, so listen, you know, they need to be looking all around and see who these fools is working with, okay? But it says, uh, the Clint Daniel and Russell conspired and took steps to shoot multiple electrical substations in the Baltimore area aiming to completely destroy the whole cities, but these plans were, the whole city, but these plans were stopped. Okay, listen, I look at other cities because you never know. 
because usually these fools they don't they don't they they be working in <laughs> they work together okay um let's see what else it says the information led to uh in during his during the interview with the FBI Arthur said his fellow roommates were plotting to plotting to attack U.S. infrastructure including power lines in Florida so yeah they may be some other places um. It says uh, the information led to Russell arrest and subsequent conviction. Then starting at least June 2022, an FBI confidential informant started to receive encrypted messages from a user known as Humunculus who encouraged the informant to attack electrical substations, the complaint says. And those communications over the next few months, uh, Humunculus urged an attack when there is greatest strain on the grid. Mm-mm-mm. Lord Jesus, I don't know why they was going to do that. It's crazy. But listen, here's the thing, okay? <clears throat> Let me just say this. Uh, if these two nutty buddies can come up with that, can you imagine what the people who run that Chinese balloon can do? That's what I'm saying. We, I mean, you know, wow, okay? Crazy. Just some nuts, nutty stuff. We don't know how much stuff... That we probably we, we we probably protected from day to day, okay? All right. So when I oh yeah, y'all was asking me about my opinion about Kevin Durant. Y'all know how I love the Warriors, right? Okay. So here's my thing about Kevin Durant, man. It's sad, man. It's sad. Kyrie, I feel like you know sometimes here's a lesson about Kevin, which Kevin Durant left the Warriors a few years back <clears throat> because he he felt he wanted his own team. He didn't feel, allegedly, they said he didn't feel comfortable with the Warriors. You know, Steph was the star, was the man, even though Kevin won MVP. And Steph got out the way for him and everything. But he felt, you know, a certain way. And so he went to go hang out with his friend Kyrie and play, you know, even though he was winning the MVP, he was he, he got mad at Draymond for what Draymond said. You know, because the Warriors win with Kevin and without Kevin. <laughs> Right, so so they really didn't need Kevin. They just wanted to be super team, right? You know, a super team with Kevin. You know, so so I so so Kevin had left, and it's just like you know, I always say leaving your beautiful, uh, dope ass uh, girlfriend for you know somebody who's unstable and ain't you're not you're not sure about. And you know, sometimes you gotta take shots. It's like chances in life, right? Because you never know. And this is what Kevin did. He took a chance in life, and it didn't work out. And he probably wouldn't have, you know, he probably, good for him, because, you know, he probably wouldn't have known how it would have turned out if he didn't. But it's unfortunate. It's also a lesson to people is don't let your friends drag you out of a good-ass motherfucking thing. <laughs> if it's good, don't let nobody talk to you say, man, you know, yeah, we can come over here, we can do this over there in Brooklyn. No, nah, you need to stay your ass where you at, especially if you win it and it's going well. But you know what? I really do think dudes like Kevin Durant sometimes. They use, some people are used to chaos in their life. I got a family member. Like they can't operate in like good stuff. They like they just well. I mean, they it, when it, if it's too good, they like shit. I, it's too good right now. I got to create some fucking chaos. I can't. I can't operate when it ain't chaos. <laughs> they always got drama in their life. It don't even matter. It's like drama. Because they be bored without it, 
right? So Kevin might be one of the people who always like a little bit of chaos. Like he might have been too going too well in in, in in with the Warriors, right? You know, he might need some challenge. And that's that's what I say about this particular relative. They just always trying to find some challenges. They always looking for chaos. They love it. They love it. They love it. If it's too good, if it's too good to do, if it's too good a, a, a lifestyle, if it's too good or some shit, they going to burn down the house and make it something happen. They can't take it. <laughs> some people just like that. They can't. They love chaos. They thrive in it. They can't deal with nothing else. And that's why maybe Kevin Durant is, okay? So that's my opinion on that, okay? All right, so when I get back, we're going to talk about TJ, y'all. TJ Holmes out in these streets. Buying $650,000, allegedly buying $650,000 worth of jewelry. TJ, you ain't got no job right now. Hey, we're going to talk about TJ. Amy, he ain't got no job. That's a red flag, okay, if he buying you that. And especially when they already out here, they're trying to Matt Laura Lauer him because it's another girl that then came forth at ABC, allegedly. Okay? And then we're going to talk about Kirk Franklin and what he said about gospel music today. And I'm going to talk about Ben and Jennifer. Lord, yep. I wasn't going to say nothing, okay? I was not going to say nothing about... Uh, Ben and Jennifer at the award show But since the Indian said something I was like, you know what, let me go ahead and talk about it, right? <laughs> so we're going to go on this break I'll be back Oh, and Rihanna at the Chow Rihanna is going to be at the Super Bowl this Sunday Now, I, I forgot all about Rihanna being at the Super Bowl Why? Because the Insecure Queens struck this week I forgot all about it I was like, oh, the Grammys here I don't forget all about Rihanna And y'all know why Look at, look at, look at, think about this, okay? Think about it. I want y'all to think about something. These tickets went on sale the same week as the Super Bowl. Oh, no, 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 no. I need y'all to think about that shit. And then the Grammys launch, all of that shit. Oh, this is more than about the tour launch. We don't talk about it. I'm going to tell y'all my theory, okay? So it's the CC Show. I'll be back in a second. Let me just put y'all. What am I going to play for y'all? Uh, meanwhile, we'll play. Uh, what I want to play? You know that I love you, Donnell Jones. It's the CC Show. I'll be back in a moment, okay?
Now back to CC in the game on the Carlotta Chadwick Show, right here on Block Talk Radio. All right, it, I'm back on the CC Show. Listen, y'all. That sweet love song, Anita Baker, I'm never tired of that. Never. Oh my goodness, I am back, y'all, and we are talking hot topics tonight. I know I couldn't just stay away. I told y'all I was going to stay away, but I couldn't. Okay, so I'm back, and we have some more stuff to talk about. Uh, Rihanna in the Super Bowl. Oh my goodness. So, like today, I was watching Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he, you know, they've been doing Super Bowl. Well, was that was it today or last night? I think it's last night. 
I was watching Petra. I'm just know I'll be eating. I'll be smacking and y'all eating stuff. Okay. Sorry. But <laughs> it's so it's so crazy. Or but okay. So he was saying how his family was so excited to see Rihanna and like, you know, you know, I was like and you know, he was like saying that they more excited to see Rihanna than anybody. I am so excited to see Rihanna perform at the halftime show too. I am wondering what she's going to do. I think it'd be really exciting to watch. I cannot wait, okay? I think it's going to be so, so good. Um, and I did notice, y'all, girl, I just realized it about Rihanna. When Rihanna was, uh, 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 Rihanna was, uh, when I just realized because somebody, I was listening to a show and they was laughing, talking about Rihanna, uh, 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 Super Bowl is being overshadowed by Beyonce. I was like, you right. Wait a minute. And then I realized the insecure queen has struck again. <laughs> Not only did she put her ticket sales, just think of how funky that is. Like, like it's like, 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 Heffa, you couldn't hold off until after the, after Super Bowl week and do the ticket sales. Like, she did, she, she put her ticket sales, sales for Renaissance and everything on the week Rihanna don't do the Super Bowl. And the Grammy, you know, she probably couldn't help that. But the Grammy week and all this shit, you know, they probably had to get extra awards. Uh-huh. She knew exactly what this shit was going to be. Okay? But, Rihanna, I hope you you kick ass and take names. Okay? Because I know it. When I, when I thought about it, I said, damn it, it, it wait a minute. If this ain't some Beyonce shit, I mean, just to, you know, to do this, um, um, this Rihanna's week, what is he doing? All up in the, just she can't help it. <laughs> Grammy wait, ratings, by the way, broke a three-year record, right, y'all? I mean, it was the highest Grammy in three years because the Grammy show has been in the tank for the last three years. But y'all actually ch- uh, ch- uh, got out here and watch it. And listen, here's the thing. I think it's this. Here's the, this is one of the reasons I think the Grammys is did so well. Okay, one of the reasons is because um, it's out, it's a it's a Grammy Awards out of COVID. It flowed really well, and you know it's, the Grammy has attached themselves to certain monsters in the game, entertainers. And they've surrounded their award shows with it, and people are used to seeing those certain people play out. Uh, like, you know, um, how can I say it? I think I said it today. I'm reading to y'all. y'all. I said it on my anyway, – I said there's a few reasons on, on the Carlotta page, Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page. I said there's a few reasons for this. This year it had a great flow. Also, it is becoming a victim of its own hype machine by selling off certain artists. If the Grammy Awards can't generate publicity around Beyonce breaking records, the monster they created, they don't have a narrative anymore sometimes. They are lost. They don't know how to transition to the Grammy Awards they really want to be because they have a codependent relationship with certain artists. That codependent energy has been passed on to their audience. You tied yourself to the monsters and their corporate sponsors, where at one time the Grammy Awards might have been running in the schoolyard, now they are playing it. But it's a good thing they had these ratings. The ratings are up, I think, of 12 million people right watching. Very good for them. Uh, that's according to the New York Post. Uh, it's the show's most watched Grammy 
program of the night, uh, most watched program of the night, also reached the largest live stream audience in history on Paramount Plus and other CBS platforms, a 33% increase from 2022. Uh, so it says Sunday nights was, uh, were full of historical landmarks, including Beyonce's history, making milestones for taking home the largest number of Grammy Awards ever, the 32 total, and Kim Kett. Petrus becoming the first transgender woman to win the best pop duo performance category for her Unholy the Sam. Um, let me just say this, okay? Um, people talked about the things at the Grammy Awards, talking about Sam. I didn't realize, you know, one of the things that uh, Sam Smith was doing. I mean, I saw him just like the devil. I don't even know. It's rock and roll. They always like to play with the devil, okay? I don't know what the fascination is. But I have been noticing the round circle with the threes. Even y'all sent it to me when I said my fave wasn't in it. Y'all sent me a quick picture of his ass with it up. <laughs> they already said, I seen this picture with him throwing up the sign too. They like, your fave too. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Are you seeing my boobs in the Illuminati, my day? Come on. What is it? Maybe I'm thinking it means something else. I don't want to think it would be like that. It's sad. Yeah, but they, they, I've seen, they've even sent me more. I mean, I can't, you know. <laughs> when I say somebody's not in something, my little like, I'm not saying just four pictures to show him too. But I'm like, his career ain't even been like that. How he gonna be in it? <laughs> and one person told me he probably a grand priest. He probably a wizard. I was like, oh no, y'all, y'all make me y'all make talk to talk about me. I'm not liking it. <laughs> oh my goodness! Listen, okay, so. Yes, I saw him throwing up the little symbolism, the uh, three sixes, and the, what y'all told me they mean when they throw up them signs is it's supposed to be the the okay, the coming of the divine God or the, some or God of self, which explains a lot, okay? God of self or, uh, you know, because Satanism, most people who are involved in Satanism, I'm not saying that's what Sam Smith and them are vibing. You know, they probably don't know what they're saying with, but people, but they are throwing up them signs or something. Okay, so that it means a god of of this world, like the, the god itself is, you know, you know, uh, human, uh, uh, human, you know, the god is you and all that kind of stuff and. So, yeah, it was a lot of that going on. And Jay-Z's Last Supper, which I thought was the last supper for hip-hop because I really believe they selling y'all down the fucking river. Like, you know, like I really did. But I wasn't really playing. Listen, here's the thing. Playing with God symbolism and stuff, oh, my God. It's just, it's just certain symbols and stuff like that. It's just a dangerous game, okay? Sometimes you're setting yourself up for shit, you know. And... and, and but they always play with Jesus symbolism. You know what I'm saying? Trying to sit at the Last Supper with the table and food and Jay-Z and all them rapping. I don't know. Was he supposed to be Jesus? I don't know what he was calling himself doing. But it was, it, whatever it was, it was a dark alive. It was too dark outside. I couldn't even see the answers. 
okay? But yeah, I saw all the Satanism, symbolism, the demonic stuff, and playing games and stuff like that. Rock likes to play games like that. A lot of overly religious tone to, uh, uh, it's not the first time the Grammys had an overly religious tone, okay? Speaking of that, Kirk Franklin, do I got time? Do I get the, I got to put Kirk Franklin, let me look at it. Kirk Franklin today, uh, I watched his live today. He came on his live because, you know, a lot of people have been criticizing uh, some of the Christian uh, performers for hanging out with some of the rock stars and all these things and stuff like that. And so Kirk came on, and, you know, for years my grandmother has, my grandmother grew up in gospel. My grandmother was a gospel singer. He's had gospel artists around our house all the time. I met gospel since I was a little girl. I've been knowing, meeting, and seeing gospel artists my whole life. So I kind of know how that game goes. Um, uh, my grandfather was a gospel singer also, okay? So both my grandparents were gospel singers, okay? So that's not, that's not, so that, but my grandparents have always said how they only, you know, go, they, you know, uh, get certain people, not only were they gospel, my grandparents gospel artists, they were gospel DJs in Kansas City too for years, right? So, uh, but they, uh, but, you know, you have uh, certain, certain artists they would pick, my grandparents would always talk about, they only pick from and they just keep going in a circle with those artists. Like they don't, like in rock, they tend to not know any other artists to choose from and they miss a lot of good people by choosing the same artist. Like, my grandma always, hey, oh, here comes Kirk Franklin again. Here comes Kirk Franklin. But Kirk addressed this today on his live, and I was really proud of what, what Kirk said. And I'm, I'm going to try to pull it up here. Let me see it like uh, up here. But he talked about, and I'll pull up what I said on the Carolina chat with show about this, too, after. Um, sometimes y'all can be in what I'm saying. But um cool. But they put he put he his thing was support gospel uh, music and let me see if I can put let me see if I can pull it up here when you see it. Huh. Okay, I'm gonna let y'all listen. So, being around the genre, you know, I have seen it grow. I've seen it uh, be an infant. I've seen it, you know, stumble. I've seen it have many moments, you know. I'm, uh, I started out when I was 23. Uh, I'm 53. And gospel, blues, and jazz, when was the last time you bought a jazz album? You know, and it was, you know, it was a kind night. You know, it, it was, it was, it was a kind night, and it was also for me a very challenging thing to be able to think through when I when I think about just the state of this community that I love. And it came to me very strongly when I was at the main show, and I was watching the tribute to hip hop and hip-hop turning 50, and watching the energy in the room. And the truth is, what I even saw there, it's like there's no other genre on this planet that could have gotten that whole 
arena up on the feed part like that. I mean, you could last night you should have been in the building. No matter what race you were, no matter what genre of music you love, black music, hip-hop music had everybody in the room up on the feet. When Public Enemy came through the door, when L.O. Cool J stepped on stage, when Salt Pepper stepped on stage, when Queen Latifah came out, when Rakim came out, when Rakim came out, you know, you know, uh, you know, it was it was it was this moment. And so what I thought to myself was, and I felt sad for the genre that I'm in. It's because gospel music is the foundation of Americana. It is gospel, gospel blues and jazz are the original sound of American music. And gospel blues and jazz, when's the last time you bought a jazz album? When's the last time you bought a blues album? And slowly, this conversation about a genre of music that has, and the difficulty with gospel music, gospel music has inspired so many people that we see and experience now. Chris Brown sang in the kids' choir. I mean, you know, Usher sang in the kids' choir just to take one that I did not deserve. You know, you can see your favorite gospel artists and different artists. And now, now because the world has changed, it's not just the music, it's the world has no longer as much of an interest in the conversation we're having. And so when you have fewer doors, you begin to have more tension within the community. It's because there's fewer outlets. And I am clear. I am clear on this. Oh, Sunday best. We used to have Sunday best. I am clear on this, and I want you to know that I'm going to say this right now. I am clear on this. There are Grammys that I have won that I did not deserve. There are Grammys in my career that I have won. There are stellar awards that I have won. There are double awards that I have won that the only reason why I won is because of the amount of time I've been around. I'm clear on that. I am clear. Uh, and he goes on to say, he goes on to give love to a lot of other gospel artists, and he also says that, I hope y'all can hear that clearly. It was such a, I was skipping around so we could get to the point of it, but he talked about how he was sad for gospel music because the gospel music, their spaces are becoming smaller and smaller places. Because, you know, they don't even let gospel. It used to be when I was a kid, gospel used to get 15 minutes, 20 minutes, on, on or at least 12 minutes on stage at the Grammy Awards. Even, I think at one time, even the American Music Awards, gospel always had a place. But now gospel not even being seen on TV. And y'all got all kind of demonic energy and stuff in the building. Anyway. But y'all, uh, but but he's talking about the spaces are getting smaller for gospel music, and that the heart of all this other music, Black Americans. First of all, the Black American experience. That's why I always up us because we are a beautiful people. I I don't care. There were other people that have have participated in our music, but hip hop ain't nothing but uh, was built off the back, uh, uh, built off of R and B, okay, rhythm and blues. 
and the Jamaicans didn't start hip hop. Sorry, I love y'all Jamaican people. I love y'all. I know I got some here. Y'all did. Y'all did. Y'all hip hop be huge over there in Jamaica. I mean, times like, but it's not like what it is. Black people were in America. Black, it was a creation of Black America. I can say Black people were rapping in the 1940s. Um, but however, elements of hip hop were already around. I mean, the, but I, I digress. Anyway, here's the thing: what I'm saying is, Black Americans have created a lot of Americana, like he said, music, and it started with the Negro spiritual. And out of the Negro spiritual, blues was born. And out of blues, gospel was born. Gospel, create, uh, gospel, uh, giving more. I mean, and no, out of blues, kind of R and B, rock and roll, and then gospel kind of took elements of of of, of gospel more. I think gospel more so because gospel was Thomas Dorsey and stuff came along with gospel music, which is the more contemporary sound of the Negro spiritual and stuff like that. Uh, like maybe a, a, a little bit after early nineteen, early twentieth century. Or late 18th, in the early 20th century, I believe. I'm not for sure. I think it was. So he's a father of gospel music, which had elements of blues and jazz, right? So black, gospel music or Christian, God, church music is the heart of rock and roll. It's everything. This came out of black people in America so from uh, – from 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 slavery days. This is how black people in America, my ancestors, survived. So to so so when Kirk says that he's saying how wow for it to not have a face now is kind of what he's saying. The opportunities are getting smaller and it's causing tension within the community. So when somebody sees Kirk win an award, they're like, dang, dang, you know, why ain't some other people out here? It's some other. My grandma been saying that stuff for you. Like it's other gospel artists, but it's because he's saying. That's all these, these, a lot of these people sometimes know. That's all they've been exposed to is Kirk Franklin because you hear he's a crossover artist. Kirk Franklin crossover, you know, over into um, to the hip-hop charts and R&B charts where, you know, uh, the last big artist that done that was pr- probably the Hawkins family in the uh, 70s, you know, uh, was crossing, crossing over with Old Happy Day and the, and the Clark sisters and stuff like that back in those back in the day or whatever. But Kirk is done in a big way. And what I loved about Kirk, he went on to talk about a lot of gospel greats, and he he shouted out Ricky Dillard because a lot of people don't know who Ricky Dillard is. But let me just tell you, Ricky Dillard was doing all that stuff way before Kirk Franklin and all of them done, are doing it. I remember as a young girl going to see Ricky Dillard choirs dancing and everything. <laughs> and he was in a movie uh, with uh, I forget that white comedian's name, who white actor's name with the white hair that used to do comedy, Leap of Faith or something like that. That his choir did that whole movie like in the eighties or something like that. So Ricky Dillard was like the first person doing it. Kirk Franklin shouted out so many people, and I was like, this is why I like Kirk because Kirk he knows how to feel. That's he felt the room and he got it and and and. And here's and he said, you know, he was saying support gospel music. He's talking about a lot of great gospel artists. He's saying that the time is getting smaller for gospel, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, and it's sad to see that, but I'm gonna tell you the truth, okay, Kirk. I don't really think that's just because people don't want to have gospel discussion no more, okay? That's one of them. But I also think it's this, you know. And I'm gonna put what I said on my. I'm gonna read to y'all what I said on. My, <coughs> 
in the Carlisle chat with Facebook page and then explain myself. I said I like most of what Kirk had to say on his live. He discussed that he did not always deserve the Grammy and gave a lot of love to other artists. He also talks about smaller spaces for gospel music, and gospel music is not dead. Well, I agree that the spaces are getting smaller for gospel. It's the end times. You got people throwing up six, six signs, and time I got, it's, it's getting worse, okay? It is what it is, okay? Uh, it says, so he, I said, however, part of the reason gospel music seems so dead because y'all got a lot of grifters that could, could not make it in secular music trying to sing gospel. Okay. This is part of the reason. So not understanding that gospel is a ministry. So spaces like the Grammys actually seem actually bored with new gospel artists. So much so that they let just let secular musicians sing with sing sing with choirs last night. You know, and, and that's what happened because they figure we can get to listen, let me tell you what's going on, okay? I'm gonna be honest with y'all. Okay. Kirk and them see what Kirk did back in the day I, was beautiful. Kirk gave kid, young people something to dance to and had a word of God. Because, you know, growing up in the church, you got like, yeah, you like, hey, you know. He gave you something where you where you could, you you know, you could groove and, you know, you didn't you didn't feel like you could listen to gospel music too, right, you know, and and love it. Kirk reinvigorated, uh, to me, the gospel genre, okay, even though people like Ricky Dillard and stuff and the Hawkins family had done it before him, but he really regenerated the genre for my generation and to me it was anointed you have a lot of people coming through donald lawrence all like did it in an anointing way but then then there became a bunch of copycats like people all over trying to do like everything sounded so secular like that you said that people were sounding like the regular old secular artists you can't tell gospel from Rock and roll, okay? And listen, I'm just, you know, it's, it's a, I mean, and then you had gospel artists, you know, just doing all kind of crap, dressing so all kind of ways and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, you know, seriously. I mean, you get so, it, and so, you know, here's what I think has happened to gospel music. Gospel music, I feel, has been saturated with a lot of people who do not do the genre any good. I actually saw, I was talking to one of the, the kids at my school, the younger people at my school. He was talking about a particular gospel artist right now, a gospel singer. She's really big right now. She had a video out. I was like, she was supposed to be singing about Jesus. But she looked like she was walking through the house waiting for a man. I said, is she waiting for Jesus? A uh, man. Who is she waiting for? I mean, it was sexy. It was overly sexy. It, it, I was like, is she singing gospel? Went to her page. Child, it looks just like anybody else secular. I, 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 I didn't see no different. I didn't see no different from her. She might as well have been Beyonce, get on the pale horse and just start riding around like Beyonce, you know, Beyonce's naked. I mean, it, it, it. and I was like, she don't really want to sing gospel. But she probably couldn't make it in rock. So she comes over to gospel. And here's the thing I tell y'all this, okay? I'm going to really be honest because back in the day, you know, I, when I was a young girl, I used to be around promoters. I think my grandparents, used to, well, I think I told this stuff on the show. And I used to be around a lot of preachers and wonder all kinds of people. And I remember when I, when I was at this one particular church, one of my grandma's good friend's church. And she was a top promoter in Kansas City and everything like that. And I remember one day she told me, she said, baby, she said, I get a lot of people come here, and they sing for Jesus, and they get a lot of people saved, but some of them don't be saved. They say, 
And listen, my grandparents and people like that, listen, I, listen, I'm t- it's some stories in gospel music, okay? Listen, here, let me tell it's a wild stuff that was happening in the church back in the day, okay? So, listen, I mean, it is what it is, okay? But, however, so wildness is always, you know, humans, where humans are seeing will always exist, okay? However, there was an anointing on a lot of those singers. They could sing, even though they had great troubles and sins and they like, they was anointed to minister, even if some of them wouldn't say they don't tell. But we getting in a time now. I told you kids this, and I'm going to tell y'all for real, because if you're going to go into the ministry of the gospel, see, you need to be honest about who, because a lot of people, what happens is a lot of people can't make it in the secular world, and they run over to the gospel world thinking it's going to be easier. Sometimes it is, right, right? Because you got a lot of uh, crooks and snakes and stuff who a lot of you in gospel, right? But this in this day and time, in the time you coming up into the end time, you trying to sing gospel music and trying to minister. It ain't like my grandma's in the day where people got away with a lot of stuff. Boy, you know, the Bible say the judgment begins in the house of God first. Listen here. And you got these roles of being preachers and all these stuff. Listen. And gospel singers, and you get out there, and you start, I done told y'all. You get out there trying to sing these gospel songs, these demons gonna start tearing y'all up. And y'all ain't supposed to be in gospel, they're gonna start tearing y'all up. I remember when I used to go to uh Azusa when I was at Oral Roberts University, I used to go to this this thing called Azusa every year used to go to this conference, big conference crop and Peterson used to put up. And the original Azusa, when I read about the original Azusa revivals that went on in the uh back in the early nineteen hundreds in the back the back Pentecostal church and everything that happened, and they said, you know, like the spirit of God would be so high out there that people, if people got up on stage and started singing, <laughs> and they wouldn't annoy it, people would be like, they're not annoyed, and yelling out and talking about them and everything, and they wouldn't ignore their team because it wasn't a God. I'm telling y'all, I feel like we coming into a time like this. If you ain't called to sing gospel music, because gospel music is a ministry, you're held to higher standards. I'm sorry, that's just what it is. If that's what you want to sing, listen, you better start. Y'all need to act like it. That is a ministry. It is not, it's not the same as secular. Even though I think secular music has its own sense of ministry, singing about love and relationships is a ministry too. But it's a different type. You get more room in, in the R&B and rock and roll. I don't think there's anything bad about secular music. Certain ones I do. But, but for the most part, Singing, it gives, it's more room. They're not called call to sing to usher you into the presence of God. They're not called to, uh, they do, I mean, the presence of God is there when a love song and all that stuff too, in my personal opinion, but they're not called to the, to what you, to, a, to, to call people to a relationship with God or a relationship or, or morality or certain things like gospel singers are. And so a lot of y'all been coming up here getting into this, that genre, and y'all seem terrible. I done heard y'all sound just like the rock and roll singers. So, you know, the Grammys probably thought, well, why we need to go here? Why we need to go get gospel singers that sounding like rock and roll singers when we get, we can just put Lizzo up here with a choir. Shoot, we have to do deal with their asses. We, we can just put uh, 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 such and such up here with a choir. 
y'all ain't doing y'all ain't doing no different than this. Y'all supposed to be different. Like Kirk, even though Kirk got a, a, a R&B rock sound, Kirk is different. You can kill Kirk. He's a gospel musician. Y'all, a lot of y'all, I can't, I'm, I'm telling you, I be looking at some of y'all's pages. I'm not saying y'all got to be perfect. No, you ain't got to be perfect. People have all kinds of issues and stuff like that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, look like you supposed to be y'all ministering. I be coming out here and, like, I mean, you can be sexy and stuff like that, but y'all be coming out here in dresses and stuff with your, with your, with your titties all hanging out and your ass. No, you, and you singing gospel. And it's like, come on, really? Seriously, you singing gospel. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, the, the, the rock and roll can do it because they, they, they sing it. They do something different. But you're ministering. I mean, it's terrible. I'm not trying to be mean. I ain't trying to be extra holy and tell y'all to be extra. I'm just saying, choose your choose wisely. And then I mean, when y'all start singing, y'all ain't even know. And this is one of the biggest things. I'm telling you, this girl I saw, she's one of the biggest singers right now in gospel. Some of y'all be calling her the gospel Beyonce. I'd be like, nope, she's a Beyonce that could not make it in secular music because they already got a Beyonce over there. So she just brought her ass over to gospel. And to, Listen, y'all can't do that. It's, I'm, 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 Kiara Shears is a gospel singer. I ain't saying Kiara perfect. I'm just saying she's a gospel singer. I can tell all day. And I don't mean you can't be a little sexy, a little sensual, stuff like that. But come on. Some of y'all be over the top. And it ain't nothing different about you from the, the, the rock side. So they, and, so, and you know what? Secular people know it right off. People who don't know God, they know you right. They see you right off. They see you coming. They like, girl, they ain't, she ain't nothing. They ain't nothing different from the rock and roll singers. Why are we gonna invite them to sing? We already got plenty. We already got Beyonce over here singing. What we need, what we need her to come up in here for? She just look like a a a a, a dusty a, a gospel a dusty version of Beyonce. No, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Facts. I ain't saying no name. I'm just saying what it is. And that's why the doors is getting smaller, because ain't nothing different. I ain't talking about all gospel singers. I'm talking about a lot of y'all. Not all y'all, but a lot of y'all. I wouldn't, if I was damaged, I wouldn't invite you. I wouldn't invite I wouldn't, I'd be... I'd be like, I ain't heard nothing different. And I'm sure there are people, like you got Tasha Cobbs, you got Kiara Shears, stuff like that. They need to reach out past, I do believe they need to go past things and past choirs because there's great dope, because uh, they love choirs, but there's dope uh, uh, quartets and all kind of uh, groups out there that represent gospel music. And sometimes you don't get to see those other people, but what's going on is that uh, record companies are shuffling certain looks that are even gospel record companies are. And they trying to sell off a lot of these, especially these younger acts, like rock and roll stars. Well, maybe you need to go on and rock. I mean, you know, and some of y'all are anointed for, some of y'all are not anointed for gospel. You know, there are very few people who can sing gospel and rock. 
in the world. No, no, no. There's a lot of R&B singers that can that can hear the R&B melody. I mean, they can hear the gospel melody and stuff. But they ain't got no annoying music. They sing, you just like, oh, that's nice. That's cute, baby. Uh, but 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 real. Let me tell you, there's a few. Arisa could do it. Whitney could do it. Fantasia, Jennifer. It's very few that got that anointing for both. Very few. A lot of times when a rock artist sings a gospel song, you're like, hmm. Because, you know, anointing is different. You understand you understand the ministry of gospel music. Even if you win something crazy, you still understand, you know, when people got an anointing for it, they just got an anointing for it. A lot of y'all ain't got no, y'all just out here singing. Hmm, talking about, oh, it's so terrible. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Even some of these bigger guys, these old gospel actors that's big now, that's bigger, mm-mm, it's terrible. It's like there's no, nobody wants to hear, and y'all acting like secular people. Y'all don't think outside the box. Y'all suck, some of y'all them became democratic operatives over there in black gospel music, so you don't make no sense when you talk and you, you don't have no discernment. And you trying to make black people like you instead of minister to black people and all this stuff. It's just crazy. It's wild. It's wild. It's wild, wild west over there in gospel music. I'm just like, ain't gonna lie to you, church. That's what's going on. It's wild, wild west. That's why the secular people ain't getting y'all no more shots. Secular people is like, it's the same thing as we do. Why should we invite you to do what we we doing? Why should we let you get on this stage for 15 minutes? And you gonna bring Jesus up in here and and everything? Well, before they let you clean the stage, remember I remember before they would let you do it years ago. Now they really don't want to let you do it because they got these demonic activities going on. Okay, and they don't want you to mess up the frequency. But y'all wouldn't mess up the frequency. Now a lot of y'all got for artists who mess up the frequency, so they figuring yeah y'all can't bring the frequency of the uh, of the of uh, the demonic energy like they can, so they might as well use their own people to do that shit. They don't need you. They don't need you coming over singing, talking about you singing about Jesus and singing nothing but rock and roll. <laughs> they said we got we we all need it. And the same thing for the Christian genre too. Shoot, and I like a lot of. I love a lot of Christian music. Like Christian, Christian is a different music. It's more of the like the Devil Wars white genre music or whatever. More about inspiration, lifestyle. Gospels about more, you know, more harder stuff like that. But listen, even some of the Christian white Christian music sound a lot like rock stars. They don't got like well, we don't need it. That's what's happening. There's no difference. Y'all don't bring that special thing, which is anointing. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I had to say these things. Cause left that part out. I wanted to make sure I left that. I, I said that part. I mean, I remember one time I went to go see these guys. Play. I mean, they was jumping around so much. I, just, I was like, Lord have mercy. I, I couldn't even watch. I was like, listen, here, you know. I I know because I, I listen I I ain't the most you know you know thing but I understand I reckon I can discern it I can recognize when I, somebody ain't got got it and I just like listen here man you need to go sit down and rest and get some annoyance because this ain't it right you just coming around here it's not it 
<laughs> I mean, it, you know, it's different when you understand that gospel is a ministry and it, it, there is purpose in that. Okay, and if you're really called to sing R&B and rap and stuff like that in the secular world, then go do that. That doesn't make you. That doesn't mean you're you don't love God. Okay, it just means you're called to do something else. Some of you, your mama and daddies, is making y'all sing God's music, and y'all terrible at it. Because you don't know what nothing. Just thinking about God, don't know nothing. That this is like, and you can tell you be like, ooh, dude, I know they don't know nothing about what they sing about. And some people, listen, let me tell you this: there are some people who don't know nothing about God, but can still blow a gospel song. They got anointing on them, and that only lasts for so long. Listen, I'm tell you, when you doing these ministering to people, you got to have God's approval when you doing using you calling yourself singing gospel. It is a higher form of music. It is a higher form of ministry. It is not like singing rock and roll. Doesn't mean you can't borrow elements from R&B and rock and stuff like that. Doesn't mean that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you can't just approach it like you singing R&B. R&B is a different vibe. It's more for worldly things. When you're having a, a, a little party and stuff like that, even if, even the gospel songs that are that you can play at a party and stuff, like when you go when you look at some of Kirk's those are melodies from heaven and all that stuff, it's still fun to play in a party. But you can see people, you know, it's a different vibe. You can feel the difference. You can feel that anointing on. It. It's it's like you you bringing God's presence in the room. But when you're talking about like, can you? But there are also music that doesn't that has an A element to it. I know some people think secular music, devil music. I don't believe that. I mean, it depends on what you're singing. Our music can be devil music. There's a lot of Christian music that's devil music. I don't know what God y'all be singing about. Some of y'all be singing about. I don't know who y'all be singing about. Like a girl I saw in the video. I was like, who she think? Who she wait? Is she waiting on God or me? Who she waiting for? <laughs> like I mean, there's some people, you know, they they singing about other gods, okay? Even though they claiming it's Christian music, I'm, I'm just telling you the truth. So, so, but but there is a different when you sing, even when you sing your R&B and stuff like that. It's a different feel. That that music is to bring in a different. It might be when you or you want to have a romantic night with your spouse or your loved one. But, it, it, that's a different vibe, okay? Gospel, you don't want to be when the saints go marching in with that. <laughs> I want to hear melodies from heaven. <laughs> oh, let me stop. Okay, that's a lesson. So some people make music for that. Or when I'm having a good party, you know, everybody would have got to do the, uh, the slide or something like that, you know, so, okay? I'm just saying, but when you are trying to talk to people about God and people's spiritual things, you need to be spiritual. You in a different, you in a different category, and you call to a higher thing. And some of y'all don't know that. Some of y'all just out here, just like they done told you. Well, you know what? It looks like I'm gonna just be a record to say, you know. I know such and such you really want to sing rock. 
I don't know. I mean, you don't exactly have the thing for that. Let me tell you what you can do. I have a gospel artist. You like, did you like to do a song with them? <laughs> and it might work out. Oh, who knows? Well, I mean, it or something like that. But then y'all start thinking, well, you know what? I could be the the uh, the gospel. Be honest, I can be the gospel. Uh, uh, I can be gospel. I'll just start getting ridiculous. I'm done. I just wanted to say that. Shout out to Kirk Franklin for telling his telling that truth. I appreciated that. I really liked when he said he told that truth. I was like, man, Kirk, that's fact. Okay, he said he just there were some Grammys he did not deserve. He shouldn't have won, and the only reason he won is because people knew who he was, and he was there for a long time. Beyonce needs to do the same video. Beyonce, you need to do the same video Kirk Franklin did. Here's a lot of Grammys. I shouldn't have won. There's a lot of them. a lot of them. Oh, my God. You know, there's so many great artists that shoot me. I can't believe it. I already told Beyonce what to do. I can't believe I have 28 Grammys. See, that's what Kirk did. Kirk did what I told Beyonce to do the other night. Remember, y'all, y'all was listening to my show the other night? I said, Beyonce, you get on. And act, you, sometimes you don't need to stand in the great man's shoes. Sometimes you need to be like, you need to humble yourself and be like, man, I can't believe I've got 32 words. Listen, you know what? I really don't deserve these 32 Grammys. I just came along at a different time. But I think of all the greats before me, Aretha Franklin, Luther, oh, my God, blah, blah, blah. They, oh, oh my goodness. I mean, these guys should have way more Grammys than me. Oh, my God, I... I don't deserve, you should be like, you should be like, Kirk, I know I didn't deserve all these Grammys. I know it's just because, you know, you know, I, I mean, people, I'm bigger and, and my people have been promoting me. You should do the same thing, Beyonce. You need to do the same thing. Come to Jesus. Have your come, have your come to Jesus me. Tell the truth. I appreciate it, Kirk. Friend. I like you a lot better. She would never do it. She should. It'd be smart. But she won't ever. It was somebody I was listening to the other day on YouTube. They were so funny. They was talking about how they were talking about Beyonce. Talking about she, she putting these tickets. No, people can't afford these tickets. They was just going off about Beyonce. Talking about she don't care nothing about y'all. But here's the thing. You know, sometimes these artists are unaware of what's going on outside their bubble. It's not that she probably don't care. She's just unaware outside what's going on outside her bubble. Say. But Kirk, that's why they really had the people up there throwing up. It ain't because the gospel got smaller. It's because a lot of y'all ain't no different. Some of these gospel artists be throwing up them six, six signs. They sure do. They covering their eyes. So, oh, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. And you know better than to do that. Because you know what the Bible says for y'all supposed to be. Y'all supposed to be at a higher standard. That's why I say a lot of these gospel artists is doing the same thing. These, rocking, these, 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 these alleged Satanists who sing rock. And R&B, because everybody who sings rock and R&B ain't no Satanist. But the people, who, there, there's a lot of people who Christians who produce rock and gospel and everything. But there's a lot of these people who done joined the Satanist cult and stuff who claiming they they doing gospel music. Facts. Um, well, allegedly. So if there is a cult or whatever. They done joined their little society or whatever. Y'all throwing up 60s or whatever. And see, Christians can't do kind of stuff like that. It's hard for, I mean, people who call themselves singing gospel 
you know, you got to let people know what you're doing because, you know, the church, it's a different thing. You know, you can't let people think you out here. You don't want to have too much because you you ministering. Your ministry is hot. The rock and roll singers, even if it's not a Satanist club, it's some sort of little thing or something. The rock and roll singers can keep that, maintain that mystery around them, the secular music singers, because they just doing music. But for you who have a higher call, you can't be sitting up there throwing those six six signs up because you you know because you can lead people. You you supposed to be ministering to people, so you can't be having no eye cover, your eye cover, and people think that's she's like, what she got her eye cover for? Ain't she supposed to be Christian? And see, it may not be nothing demonic going on with these rock and roll singers, but but they can't guess about you, Christians. Y'all are ministers of the God of gospel music. They can't guess about you. They can play them little gangs over there. They got more room to play them little gangs over there. They ain't, they ain't singing. Uh, supposed to, they not singing uh, God's uh, claiming to sing God's word and bring God in the house. So if you uh, a, a gospel uh, rapper or a gospel this and that, you you making videos throwing up them symbolism and eyes and stuff like that, and you ain't explaining to nobody what it's about, you out of order. I'm going to just say it. I ain't even in church like that. I'm just telling y'all because I know the word God. Y'all, you out of order. You know it. Y'all be knowing. But they do know it. Some of them may be in the cult. I don't know. It's it's the Satanist group out there. Some of y'all may not be. Y'all, we thinking they singing about Jesus. But they ain't. They singing about somebody else. Man, I'm just just trying to be honest up in these streets. I don't know. That's how you don't have to watch it. All I got to say, okay? Now, how much did I talk about TJ yet? TJ, TJ, TJ. According to Radar Online, Lord Jesus. Fourth ABC staffer comes forward with TJ Holmes' affair allegation. Claims he treated her like a throwaway object after a year-long claim. Another female staffer has accused T.J. Holmes of having an affair behind his wife's back while in the workplace. The woman who only goes by Shasaka claimed that she began in an intimate relationship with the ex-Good Morning America host after he joined the ABC team in 2014, alleging he treated her like a throwaway object when he got his promotion. Mm. According to Shasaka, she was 27 years old when she began working the overnight shifts with the 38-year-old news anchor. She claimed they had late-night work-off hours left her exhausted and lonely until Holmes allegedly started giving her attention. The employee claimed that when their alleged relationship blossomed, Holmes, now 45, booked a hotel room near ABC's Upper West Side headquarters. TJ, TJ. Sashik is told the uh, told the cut that they begin having sex in hotel rooms and homes work office. Jesus. Another accuser also claims to have been intimate with the ex GMA star in his locked office before he went on air. Sashika said he didn't she didn't think he was having a relationship uh, she didn't think having a relationship with Holmes was out of the ordinary, calling the ABC's news office a rampant culture of sex and petty and pretty scandalous place. Oh Lord. Mm-mm-mm. I thought I was special, she said. 
adding that home felt like the only person in the building who took me seriously. However, her outlook changed within a year when he moved to GMA and allegedly failed to tell her. Damn. Despite her disappointment, Sasha claims they were intimate a few more times over over several years with their last conversation allegedly taking place in 2019. She said she wasn't surprised to learn that he was sticking around with his GMA coach, uh, uh, Amy, uh, co-anchor Amy Robach after News of the affair hit the web. The two were yanked out the air. No. She said she was just a part of a pattern. Mm-mm-mm. She said, I, I didn't even, now listen to what she said. No, listen to this, listen to this. I didn't even think about the power dynamics. I thought I was special, says the lady. She, the power dynamics. What's the power dynamics, girl? The power dynamics is that you said yes and gave him some coochie. Okay, you see, you see what these lobby women are gonna do? Uh, he took advantage of me. No, 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 no. I was, I was lesser than him in the office. I felt pressured to fall on the dick. No, no, you. Did not you and you continued to do it a few more times. How much you didn't think of the power dynamic? The power dynamic is when a big boss. I had this happen to me one time years ago when I was at. I ain't gonna say I can't say the job name. Okay, I was at this particular job, this big time job. Okay, and I did a lot of stuff. I did a lot of work with for the for this particular marketing. I did a lot of stuff. Okay, and so one of the VP white guys. Really good. He was always trying to get me in his office. I was like, what the hell? I was young. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I was like, I don't know what the hell. Why do you always want me to come to your office? Hey, Keisha, could you come to the office and we could discuss uh, that blah, blah, blah? And I was like, oh, yeah, if I have time. I don't know if I'm going to have time. And really, I was naive. I didn't really know what the hell was going on. And one of the, I mean, I, I could sense something was off. That's why I never always made an excuse not to go. I mean, I felt like something was off, but I just really, I would make excuses not to kind of kind of avoid the person. You know, they were handsome. They were good looking. But I just, you know, I just wasn't interested because I didn't want, I, 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 you know, I'm an old school. I don't even fucking never fucking around with nobody at your workplace, okay? And then not only that, not only that, but. You know, I think I think later on I found out uh, he was engaged or married, something like that. Her was crazy. But anyway, one of the top executives at the place pulled me to the side and said, I see how he's always trying to get you in his office. You let me know. You, t- you tell me anytime he tries to ask you over there to his office. I said, well, what, 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 what do you think is going on? And she said, he's trying, to, she said, he's trying to get you in there for some reason and date you or something. She said, you know, you're a beautiful girl. She said, just let me know, and I will deal with him, right? I was like, oh, wow. And so, but, you know, I, then I really started seeing it because I would see him staring, you know, when I got up and stuff like that. And I'd be looking professional and I'm like, oh, damn, I really see it, you know. But I, but now, if he, if I went to his office and he tried to flirt with me or something like that, I would have been like, nah, I'm not interested. Now, if he did something else, then that's, a, that's assault, that's harassment and all of that. And that's it, because I would have, there was no, you weren't getting me to do no shit like that, right? Because I said, first of all, it's my job, first of all, you know. And I understood the dynamic, I do understand power dynamics. That is, why you do trying to mess with this um, 
uh, uh, black girl after her. His job. I, just, I understood all that. So he wasn't going to get me to say nothing because I was scared. I was scared for my job. Uh-uh. I, 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 was, raised, I was raised by wolves. <laughs> I know it, Doctor. I know that is my. You ain't gonna get me to do nothing I don't want to do, right? And if you do, you gonna go dead. So yeah, that's all I'm saying. So all I, so I'm strong. So so, but I did recognize something was wrong. That's a situation where if somebody's harassing and being uncomfortable, but if you go in there talking about I'm lonely at night and TJ was there. And I just, I fell into his arms, and I just, oh, we just was going to hotel room. Heifer, you is having a relationship in a consensual affair. You ain't dumb. Don't be trying to accuse TJ and no Me Too shit. Because he a hoe. Don't make him a Me Tooer. Hey, all you had to do was say, no, TJ, take your uh, dusty hoe ass over there, okay? I ain't having it. Okay, so she, but she already trying to set up a narrative. I told y'all TJ was going to get Matt Lauer. He's going to have a hard time out here in these streets. Listen, because that's a man's wife. Okay, now, 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 now. it's not just a young man's wife. It's white men's wife. And it's white women at the moment. I tell y'all some different stories, okay? TJ getting ready to get punished. Like, what's his name? What's the Celtics guy? Okay? The dude from the Celtics, okay? It was because over there, not because he was messing with anybody, he was messing with a white, a alleged white executive. And I'm just telling y'all, it's a different dynamic. TJ looking like he met all these women up here at this work, and he didn't make this white woman leave home. And he don't look like he's serious about shit. And I told you, go home, you're bad with okay? Yeah, you know, I'm full of for love, but done the right way. If he ain't he a bad risk, don't leave him alone. And you're looking like a fuck. But today, allegedly, TJ was out here buying, um, what was it they say TJ was buying? $650,000 jewelry for Amy. $650. No, it's not six hundred fifty. I want to order if I read it was six hundred. That's more like okay, six hundred fifty dollars I'm with it. I thought it was a half a million. Lord have mercy. I gotta change that on the thing. I done told y'all the wrong thing. Hold on, I got to change that on the thing. I told y'all uh uh I because on one thing I saw it was six hundred fifty thousand dollars. No. He ain't because CJ ain't got no CJ ain't got no job. He still should be uh uh, uh, he still shouldn't be buying that for six hundred fifty dollars the way they about to do him. I'm telling you, they about to do him like uh, uh, they are about to do TJ like all your little coins, TJ, every last one of them, including six hundred fifty dollars. The little Tiffany bracelet, you done bought a little Tiffany ring or something, you done bought Amy promise ring allegedly. You need to take that back to the store and you tell them to take that back because you're going to let your job too. Okay? But it says uh, Daily Mail and saying TJ Holmes goes ring shopping, fired GMA host by $650 David Yerman promise ring that slips it on Tiffany Chain, slips it on Tiffany Chain ahead of Amy Roback's 50th. Has pals say they're more in love than ever. Challenge Amy. Amy, I'm trying to warn you ahead of time. 
fourth girl that came out. You need to go talk to all these women, Amy. They say, promises, promises. Start across T.J. Holmes and took his love for Amy to go back to New Heights on her 50th birthday. And he ain't spend no money, really. He ain't spend no money, Amy. That's how, you know. Despite being out of work, the former GMA3, <laughs> somebody said the same thing. I don't even know this article said that. Despite being out of work, the former GMA3, Aiken was spotted by the gold prophecy and it changed the Hagar as he prepared for Monday, the day his sweetheart reached the half a century mark. Amy, home 45, oh, he's five years old, younger than her, stopped first at David Yerman's downtown Manhattan store where he walked away with an 18-carat gold unity cable ring that goes for $650, part of the bridal wedding collection. Then he sauntered over to nearby Tiffany Company where he snagged a gold chain. He probably looped the ring on, on it to see how it looked before the clerk and ch- popped it in the store's distinctive Robin A. blue bag and TJ walked away with both of well, both bags and a glint in his eyes. TJ, TJ, TJ. I'm gonna just tell you, TJ, if they, if they, if they already might learn you. So I, I hope you got savings put up. I won't be spending no money. Amy, go talk to them girls and find out if it's true. You will know if it's true. You know TJ already, so you probably know it's true. Mm-hmm. And the other wives don't tell you. I talked to the other wives, but you can't talk to the second because the second one's pissed off right now. But the first one, I, you know her, you go talk to her ass, right? She can probably tell. Girl, he got an average of good five to ten years. You got an average of good five to ten years to be him. Now, like I said, some women is okay with that average. You know, you know what I'm saying? Some women is okay with the average. Some men. You know, spark them up so much, get them so excited about uh, love, and, and I mean, that they say, I will take the little time I got. Okay, and this may be where Amy is. He probably gonna turn her out so much that Amy's like, I'm okay with the five to ten year average, fifteen a year average. No, probably no, it's no less than that because remember, this lady said. He started messing around with her in, was it 2015 or something like that or something? So he was into his marriage five years, allegedly. So if what this girl is saying is true, TJ got a, probably an average of five years before he started messing up, man. If he ain't messing up already. Okay? All right, you got an average. It's an average, average of five so I'm just giving you the average of where he can be loyal, or maybe be loyal. And, you know, sometimes it's so good. You know, sometimes you make a little sucker business. Let's say, what can I say to them demons are? Sucker business and the sex demons? Sometimes you just might know how to. It came to the way. Mm-hmm. I remember one time I saw this and somebody put up a meme with a devil uh, uh, having sex with a, a woman and she's like, I ain't trying. Okay. She put, I said, that's, some people got to put roses. You got to carry your roses bees with you. But you looking at him, you're like, no, no, no. Mm-mm, I see you. <laughs> you are the devil. <laughs> you will have me out here losing my mind. Women, 
there are some men you know will have you losing your mind. For real, you know they'll have you, they'll have you fighting chicks in the street. You you be you be going around like they said Jennifer Lopez used to do with, allegedly with the puppy be knocking on hotel doors. You be like face flying across the country to go 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 confront some chicks uh, up in the hotel with your man. Oh yes, and some some men who will make you do it. Listen, some men who will make you crazy like that. This is what's going to happen, Amy. I'm trying to tell you. I think TJ Holmes is one of the dudes. Yeah, Some men will make you fight somebody. They'll make you. You'll be like, I ain't back. No, he ain't. Remember Beyonce? Beyonce tried to tell y'all. That's what Beyonce, Beyonce on it. Beyonce tried to. Beyonce's a philosopher sometimes. Now, this is what's fun. This is when she should win strong of the year. Beyonce sometimes is a philosopher. What's that song? She's going to be rocking chinchilla coats if I let you go, in the house off the coast if I let you go. She's going to take everything I own. If I let you go, I can't let you go. Remember she said, I, she said, what's that song? She said, my female intuition telling me you adopt. People told me about the fire. I couldn't see from the smoke. Well, I forgot. She said, you can't stay. You got to go have some other chicks spending your dough and all this stuff. That sounds an angry-ass song, but it's real for some reason. You can feel her energy in that sun. She's like, I will kill. I will take. I will take. That ring the alarm. That's what it is. Ring the alarm, but I'll be damned if I see another bitch on your arm. Uh-uh. There's some men who will make you crazy like that. I don't even Beyonce crazy like that about Jay-Z, even though he allegedly run around. But, 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 allegedly. But, if it's true, I don't know. That's what I'll be seeing out in the street. But she was like, she... Y'all make her lose, she'll lose her mind. I don't know what's going on there. I, I don't see the point of it. You know, it, it got to be something deeper than, you know, I, I mean, it's chill. Okay? But I, I can see it with men. I, I know. I wouldn't I would be like, no, you know what, many No, because I will kill bitches. I will start fighting. You have me out here fight. I, I'll be out here beating up Beating up women, beating up models. <laughs> they be talking about me in the paper. Carlotta is down there and whipped a model's ass because they was with me. Yes, I, I don't want to get like that. I, I've seen, I've had friends that went like that. <laughs> I had one girlfriend when we was young, like in our 20s. She was dating this dude. She, I remember one night she came by my house. I said, what is wrong with you? She came by my house and I'm like, girl, just ride with me real quick. I'm like, what is the problem? I can get in a car, she got a car, she got uh, stuff in her car, she like, girl, she got her uh, knuckles, I said, what is wrong with you? She's talking about, girl, if I see him at this thing, I swear I'm busting out windows, I'm kicking his ass, okay, I'm about to get, I, I mean, she's driving around this woman's house, I mean, she had drove around, she's talking about, child, his, his car was not there, girl, oh my God, she was shaking, she was literally about to go flash that man's tire, Start busting windows, getting them out the house. I said, she has lost it. I knew. I said, look at this. I mean, it was the most pitiful thing to see. It's pitiful. And then you, she got you riding it. You know, because I was in my 20s, I was done. But you, when you in your 20s, you're done. You're trying to help your friend calm down. But my friend was losing her mind. That penis was dangerous for her. She was out in the middle of the night. And this was a girl who was educated and had it going on. And out in the middle of the night, in her car, driving around the chick's house over and over, trying to make sure her man ain't there. Because if he's in there, 
I'm going to kill him and I'm going to kill her. I'm going to slash the tires. I'm going to bust the windows. I'm going to act the phone. <laughs> I said, damn. And it, it took her a long time to snap out. This is not good. She lost her job already. But you know how I know he likes that? Because Amy lost her job already. She she went ahead and took that that L for him. So you know he's dealing with some what is it what's some kind of he's dealing with some crazy dick. Okay? I'm just telling you as always you can always tell when a woman's missing and when a woman's gone. She'll let her job, good job at GMA go. Okay? They told they the rumor is they said that Amy could keep her you know, they, they was gonna try to work with Amy. But Amy was like, No. I choose this. I ain't giving this up. I'm gonna just enjoy the ride. I just wanna help you girls out here to stay away from that kind of listen, I'm telling you, fun ride, but the crash. Crash is not something that I did. Like I said, I've told this on the show before. I have seen tons of women. I know tons of women that have not come out of these, these, these kind of TJ home people. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can see it on them. You can see it. I don't know y'all can see it. I used to love what's Alexis K. Tyler, where she used to have. She said, I need Alexis back out here to be the. Alexis needs to be back out here. I know I already. I'm following Alexis now on on a Facebook, but Alexis needs to be acting out here doing some more vagina power stuff for these girls. So they are losing. Well, when Alexis used to tell y'all about vagina power, <laughs> Alexis was doing an education. <laughs> she tell you how somebody's supposed to be able to be up at these okay? This is dangerous. This is a real condition. I'm talking to you girls about it because it's a real condition, and you can sit, you can already see when men have that energy, okay? You can already see it. You can already see it. I know when they got that kind of energy, just stay back. Just say, nope, get your roses out, get your prayer cross, whatever you got, just say, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> You're not going to get me out of these streets fighting. No, you can't stay with one person, and especially when you know they a hoe. Like Amy's heading for problems because she knows TJ's a hoe. See, you don't care. Lord have mercy. When you know somebody a hoe and you want loyalty, you might kill a bitch if you and you get us you get some you get dignified. Okay, you might kill him and a bitch. Okay, so that's why you might be on the ID camera. So I'm trying to help y'all. And Amy too. <laughs> All right. Jennifer Lopez, her and Ben Affleck. I can't talk about it I just, because you know. Here's the thing, you know. I always say, you know, I always can tell when a woman comes into her Mister B. You know, most women marry Aiden. Okay, most women marry Aiden, and Aiden's a good man and a handsome man too. You know, you got Aiden, he's a fine, handsome. Not kind-hearted, sweet. And, and for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, I'm t- my favorite, one of my favorite shows of all times is Sex in the City. And you know, every in this in the series Sex in the City, one of the characters, Carrie, was at one time battling between her love for this big, you know, 
bigger than life guy, charm, swag, everything, good looks and everything, money. And this other guy who was good looking, nice, kind, loving, but nothing like the other, you know. So, so she was struggling with her 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 relationship. One, she was dignified by it. The other one, you know, she loved, but she it wasn't the same. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I feel like this is Jennifer, Jennifer Lopez has down like, got her Mr. Big. I really think at one time Puffy was her Mr. Big, but she got a good dad, okay? She understood what the shit, she was like, I ain't got time for that shit, okay? And, but I really believe the next, her real Mr. Big is Ben Affleck, okay? Ben Affleck has got, you know, somewhere, I guess he got the money, I don't know, because he didn't start dating her. If I was her, I, I said before she got married to him, she should check to see if his money was right now, because he suddenly... It's changed up and wanted to marry her, but I digress. Anyway, but she's really, I didn't want to say nothing about this because she's finally got her Mr. B. You know what I'm saying? Like, she finally, you know, this is a happy time for her. And, you know, I saw him last night looking like, I ain't supposed to be here. What kind of shit is going on here? Like, what you got me at? I don't hang with your people. I don't hang with these dudes. I go to the Oscars. I don't hang with these peasants here at the Grammys. <laughs> That's how he was looking. That's how Ben was looking. And everybody that came on the stage, Ben looked like, what am I doing here? <laughs> CNN, everyone seemed to love the Grammys except for Ben Alfred. Sunday night's 2023 Grammy Awards was history-making show filled with dynamic performances from iconic musical artists. And though through it all, Ben Alfred looked miserable. CBS cameras report repeatedly Kyle Affleck, the actor filmmaker known for his grimace and his penchant for looking uh, looking morose while smoking cigarettes. I don't know if I said that right. Gloom, uh, gloomily sitting next to wife Jennifer Lopez in the show. Many Grammy watchers noted how Affleck seemingly wanted to be anywhere but Crypto.com arena. Legends such as Stevie Wonder, Smokey Rabbit, Missy Ellie, David, they're all on stage. While never while newer artists like Casey Musgrave, Quavo delivered uh, moving tribute part of music legend. And throughout, Affleck made an unflinching commitment to looking not really into it. Uh, wow. It said Ben Affleck checking the clock on the wall. Grim. Listen, Ben Affleck looked like he is like, what? I am just ready for it to be over with. And listen, Jennifer, I hope this isn't a sign. Mark Anthony just got married this week. What did he get married to? A young girl. Like, she's old ass. She's like 22 years old, this girl he got married to. So he ain't no going back to Mark. He's up there married to. He done got him some young to the chat. Oh, man. You should be out here. It's plenty of women your age that let you live. What? What? Some of these girls, boy, they running gangs. 
ain't mad at her. She went a game. She had a hell of a wedding girl. Okay. Uh, listen, I mean, you know. And, you know, men, the man spirit lovers say, you know, they be saying, hey, we can still get younger when we 50. And some of y'all can, okay? Some of y'all can. <laughs> but they in the back of their head probably be thinking, oh, man, when the, y'all going to start needing the Viagra or something. <laughs> and older women know the signs of a heart attack and stroke. Uh but anyway, Jennifer, Jennifer's out here with me and Ashley, and listen, Jennifer, I am hoping this is not a sign that this man is not into you. I mean, because I feel like it's constant. I feel like it's constant. Like, Jen Ashley hasn't been out here talking about the marriage. He ain't getting no interviews. He ain't getting none of this. He ain't being to look like, did I do the right thing? Shit, am I trapped? He can't. He cares about her, and he loves her. And I've explained my I about the, the party girl scenario and all that. I think about being asked But he might be a guy who just can't commit. You know what I'm saying? It's like you trying to you trying to tame a, a, a wild beast, like to be a pet. You trying to pit, tame a wolf to be a dog. Is that right? Did I say that back? Are you trying to tame it? You like, yeah. Is it, you know what I'm saying? Like, you trying to tame something that's untamable. Like, you know, that's what I'm feeling like with Jennifer. Like, she finally got on. She's like, damn, I got the biggest hair. And you can't be tamed. Mm-hmm. Now we might get to see it play out. You know, now I didn't think Alex Rodriguez was a great guy. You know, I, I, I you know, he was, he was not the allegedly playing around too. But I do believe he liked Jennifer Lopez a whole lot. Like he was, I think Jennifer has had some Aiden types, but she's not attractive. You know, the Aiden types are kind, they really kind and not, it's not that they don't have a, sometimes a swag that the Ben Affleck's got. But the problem with the being aspect is they cause a lot of pain. And you know, I, I always talk about I always talk used to talk about on here Lisa Lisa Bonet and and and, and uh, uh Danny Kravitz. How Lisa just looked like she was pissed. Like she was pissed for the first few years after that marriage. She was like, This don't say nothing to me. She she like he don't want she didn't want to talk to me for I thought it took him a long time. To make up with her, so we Scorpio, you get us, you open up for our love, our love energy, and we deeply in love with you. And when you turn around and you start passing that out, like it ain't shit. Oh, you piss us off. I know Lisa, Lisa Bonet was pissed off, especially when she's talking about kill some girls out here. She's probably going to kill a couple of y'all. Okay, somebody what can you do on y'all? <laughs> Jennifer is a Leo. She's gonna feel the same. She's gonna be hot if it, if he does not. And I'm just scared he's not gonna. I'm scared Jennifer for you because I, I see it. I see it in your eyes when you look at him. Lord have mercy. Mm-mm-mm. 
see it in her eyes, or she's gonna be hurt if this man ain't gonna if this man don't get right. She she gonna be hurt. She gonna gonna be a sad day. Like you know, I I want the best. I want to I want her to have a happily ever after because I know that she's been after this man for about twenty years. I know. Well, how long has it been? It's been a long time. Wait a minute, no shit. Oh, Beyonce saying words on her. I just looked on Instagram. Beyonce just saying words. Cause she, look at what she's doing. She done dropped Ivy Park and Ticket on the same week. She don't give a shit about y'all thinking. She done dropped, like y'all got money like that. Ivy Park, ugly Ivy Park, she done dropped. And Rihanna, she don't give a shit about two weeks. She just keeps stomping all over your ugly Ugly Ivy Park. She, that's the only time she talks to my favorite drop today. Only time she talking to Phil by Ivy Park. <laughs> y'all really be following. Y'all think we really got y'all. Y'all boy, some y'all crazy. This looks like it might be a little cute though. A little. I know I got some shoes from the Ivy Park line. That's kind of cute. But some of the shoes, a lot of them, yeah. Okay. So listen. Y'all say out here talking on her thing, buy Ivy Park and buy my ticket, high-ass ticket. Man, I know y'all can't afford shit, but this is my week. I got to, first of all, I got to wipe the memory of Rihanna at the Super Bowl off. And I got to uh, 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 um, uh, uh, sell my Ivy Park, okay? So this is what she does. But anyway, back to Jennifer and Benny. Jennifer, I want it to work out. I hope it does. I got this feeling about Ben that he is just non-committal. Like he's one of them dudes who just can't commit. And then when you find out, you're gonna be pissed. Like I hope he could. I hope he stays faithful. But if he's already starting to look, he had the Grammy Awards and it was a pretty like hype night, and he's looking bored. That the city is here popping out. Oh, Jennifer. Girl. I mean, he is not gonna be. Hey. He just, he just might. He just sometimes you can't tame him, huh? and it don't mean he don't love her. I think he loves her. I think he just want he want to please her and he wants to do things that make her happy. But he in his soul he might know he a hoe. You know, he might not. He might not. I just saying it. You know what I'm saying? He might be. That's why you, Jennifer, when they come back like that, you got to always see. Like, you got to be looking at them like, why are you back here? Like, why do you want to get married out? But, wait a minute. 20 years ago, you didn't want my ass. Why are you suddenly back here now? Is you broke? Is your, are you missing some, uh, did some girl break your heart? What is it you want now? You trying to marry me all of a sudden? What you want? I don't trust you. I like Jennifer like this. I don't trust it though. You know what I'm saying? I worry that. I worry for her. I hope it works out. You know what I'm saying? I said when love don't love you, she's having a hard But he, if she was trying to get him to behave, but she was so happy to be there with him. See, that's, you know, she was so proud of him. Because she's whooped. She's stigmatized. So she's happy. She's like, oh, I, my Mr. Big, my three men is next to me. She didn't care that he wasn't behaving. They didn't care that he wasn't bored. She was happy. Happy that this man she didn't want her whole life to see. 
To all of us, it looks like, uh uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. Mm, girl, you don't look like he don't be about nothing. Okay, so I, I'm just hoping for the best for Jennifer Lopez, okay? That's how I see the whole situation with that, okay? But I wasn't going to say nothing about it, but, you know, when every, all y'all start noticing it, because I was noticing, I was like, he looks like he don't want to be a there. He looks like, and that, to me, that just this, this starts to say a lot about maybe him as a whole. Like, if you're in the business of, you know, show business, I mean, if you're in the business, your wife's in the business of things, you don't have to go to Grammys and stuff a lot more. But, you know, maybe they can separate that off or, you know, and maybe we're reading more into it, you know. I'm hoping he's a loyal dude and work out. All right. All right, so I'm going to leave y'all with today this little blind item I saw on Sedan, Crazy Days and Nights. And it might explain why some people can't win the big award at the It's a blind item. I shall read it for you. How true it is, I don't know. But it's still good. It says, this blind is not particularly hard. In fact, it's super easy. I think that in light of events and records set last night, that perhaps we need to shine a light one more time on the record holder who is without a doubt music's biggest thief in the last 50 years. There is not a song that this singer has been given credit for that she actually did any work on. None. Oh, you might have some, someone say the singer worked on a harmony or a line change or a word change, but that is just to give cover. Our singer's philosophy is that if she agrees to sing your song, then you are going to give her a songwriting credit. I agree with that, though. Because if she didn't agree to sing your song, then it would be unproduced and still sitting on your hard drive. Her very, very biggest songs are songs that are generally written by one person, and then our singer came in and added herself and wanted 50% credit. Now, I don't agree with that. That's way too much. If she wants to add herself to a list of songwriters that is 20 names deep, no one really cares. What about the time our singer straight up stole songs from writers and writers, and the writers didn't know? They had their work stolen until the song showed up on an album or a single. Sometimes the writer gets credit and sometimes they don't. Our singer is often taken to court when this happens and often wins because she has massive, a massive purse and the broke songstress suing her do not. The broke songwriters suing her do not. Is our singer alone in doing this? No. Is she the most blatant? Yes. Has she admitted to stealing songs? Yes. Does she care? No. You know why? Because people all, people don't care. They hand her out a record number of awards. They do uh, get her back, though. The professional songwriters who stick up for each other they will never, ever vote for her to get one of the big two awards. That is one thing they can do. Those two uh, awards are only are the only ones not messed with by the Academy. So they know if they refuse in mass to vote for her, she will be denied the big award. It's a blind item. I don't know who that could be. Or maybe I do. I don't know. I didn't put it out. Crazy days and nights do it. You can see that on the dance page, Crazy Days and Nights. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be right me. 
Time like, see what? You a hater. Don't do it. I just put you, I just, I just, I just read what's going on in the world, okay? All right, you guys. <laughs> we have come to the end of the show. Remember, you guys can hit me up on, listen, if you're, uh, let me say my famous thing now because I'm, I don't know if it's famous, but let me say my little line from, it's, for my little listeners, it's, it's famous among my listeners. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you're listening to the archive show. Because what? I'm not coming back on again. <laughs> I'm not coming back on again tonight. So I'm not coming back on after this. But you guys, uh, 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 if you want, uh, if you want to hit me up, you can hit me up on the Carlotta Tabloid Facebook page. You can also hit me up on Carly's underscore Galaxy on Instagram and uh, C Chatwood Show and Carlotta Seventy Two on Twitter. Okay, okay. All right, you guys, you have a wonderful night. I hope you guys enjoy this extra show that I claimed I wasn't going to do. <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm not doing anything. I'm not going to say, if, hey, if I come on, that means there's something fun to discuss. Yes, all I forgot to say, I did see Biden's, some, I only saw a couple of minutes of Biden's State of the Union. I didn't care too much. Eh, eh. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I don't know. Um, I'm over it, okay? But, you know, um, I might watch it later on, okay? You know, whatever. But, yeah, that's why I didn't address it too much, all right? But you guys, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. It's Wednesday. Have a good one. I will see y'all or listen to y'all. Hear me soon, okay? I'm out, Leslie, with Don't Disturb This Rude, the sister. It's Carlotta. Have a good one. Bye.